Hello, 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 and welcome once again to the podcast that can't decide what it wants to do, so changes from one week to the next. Talk until the joy is gone. My name is Rooney, and my prep for this week's episode took me way longer than it should have, as I kept getting pulled into the stuff I was researching and going down rabbit holes like some kind of paranormal Alice in Wonderland. Here with me, like a seedy white rabbit, the sort that would try to sell you the Queen of Hearts sex tape in the pub, is the man who is on so many different spectrums that his driver's license is just a Pantone colour chart. Del boy. Sorry, I'm <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> and because we can't talk paranormal stuff without bringing our podcast's jobbing producer, envelope provider, and resident demonologist to lurk and grin like a bipedal Cheshire cat, we're joined by every spirit's favourite contact point. Amy. <laughs> I like that. That was a lot of words in that intro today. Yeah. <laughs> I was clearly I was clearly more vocal when I was writing this last night, because in case it isn't coming across on the recording, I have a horrible cold right now, and I would much rather be in bed than anywhere else at the moment. Do you know what? Snap. <laughs> I got rained on for three hours yesterday and today I woke up feeling like shit and I'm just like oh, oh. I caught this off of you and Ash last week oh, I said you'd been me, kissing Ash she, she's we've been rumbled like, yeah I was like you've been kissing the boys again because like, Sunday night I came home and I was like oh, I've got a sore throat Monday it was horrendous and since then I've just been like slowly dying by degrees oh, okay I'm on day one today so Oh, well, uh, this will speed it along. It's good you've been sat across. We're, we're in the living room today, which is probably why it sounds different, guys. I'm so. leaning, leaning as close to the mic as I can possibly get because this is about as uh, as much power as my voice has today. <laughs> Am I actually the healthiest one today? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Wow. And you're still, you're still really quiet. It's bad times when Amy's so. the healthy one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll try and be quiet today because uh, you two are just really quiet ordinarily. Which I don't understand, because neither of you are particularly quiet like at any other point in time. I'm always quiet. We're, always We're, fucking We're both not. always like, quiet. Until yeah. you like, get... Wake me up every, at least every other night with your snoring. No, that's, yeah, that's the demon. Potentially farting. Podcasting that, doesn't yeah. revolve around snoring, otherwise we'd all be alright. Yeah. yeah, no, that is true though. Yeah. Probably, I'm probably really snoring like a demon at the moment. Yeah, you We're are. All it's... being congested and shit. Our oh, demons communicate. Our <laughs> demons communicate. <laughs> me and Amy have our, have our reasons for our... Um, <laughs> <laughs> our quietness and our withdrawn personalities. Pantone colour charts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we can't help it. Right. <laughs> we do our best. It's just who we are. It's not our fault. You made friends of us. You chose us. Yeah. Actually, no, 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 Reggie, this is all your fault because you came and knocked on my front door. <laughs> yeah, but you. I was just going to be a weirdo, recluse sci fi nerd for the rest of my life. Yeah, but you answered the door and said, yeah, I'll come hang out with you. And well, you yeah. picked me out on MySpace. That, that was my first mistake. Yeah. Going on MySpace looking for love. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. You had a cute profile picture. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and now I have trust issues. <laughs> Welcome to our world. Yeah. <laughs> An insight into our relationship. We were like, awkward, geeky, sci-fi nerd. Yeah, we can walk all over this motherfucker. And now look at us. Ah, <laughs> oh, the turns of tables. Yeah. <laughs> So, has everyone's week been better than, like, previous weeks? Uh, I've played a lot of Minecraft. You have played a lot of Minecraft. it was raining. Yeah. So. No. Aside from you, like, getting trench foot? No. No? No. Wow, okay. We really are getting some classic Reggie just lately. <laughs> this, is the, this is the culmination of, like, two months of build-up, though. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you've got a fun day tomorrow, which and, we're uh, not allowed to talk about. No. Nah. <laughs> and I had a fun day on Friday, so, yeah. <laughs> 
See, we're back to normal, guys. Told you. <laughs> this is year one all over again. <laughs> year one all over again. Any minute now, he's going to start talking about pegging. I just need to get a new job with really good people like I had before where they paid me really well and uh, just basically left me alone to do whatever I wanted. Well, you don't want much, do you? No. Just everybody's think... ideal job. Yeah, I don't think that job exists. Oh, it did, because I, oh, I did it for two years. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember how happy I was? Yeah, it was yeah. insufferable. Yeah. Ghastly. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you would do. You didn't have to sit in a fucking room with him for two to three hours every, every week. But I could hear everything. Yeah. yeah she no, was like, look, Hope personified. We could all get there one. If yeah, he exactly. can get there, we can all get there one day. You couldn't hear the weird kissy noises he was making during my speaking bits. See? Just like that. A little bit. Get, get closer to the mic. Really give, really give the listeners the experience they deserve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is this the time to announce your ASMR channel? Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, ear ticklers with Reggie. Mm. <laughs> if you ever wondered what it's like to get close and snuggle with Reggie, or he and that, he Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> and, then, and then the crying starts. Yeah. <laughs> which one? From both sides. I say, which one's crying? <laughs> I cry first, and then, you know, uh, just... she follows. <laughs> Anyway, we're not here to discuss your questionable sexual techniques. No, we're not. Because it's not year one. What are we here to talk about? This uh, synchronicities. We're here to talk about the paranormal. The paranormal, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I gave that away in my, uh, yeah. my intro, didn't mm. I? I literally said about talking about paranormal stuff. Yeah. yeah. My brain is the full of the fuzz and the, the cotton at the moment. The other week I announced that we will probably do the most low-key, low-energy touching ever, but we are about to beat that record today, yeah, I feel. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to... The energy you've had thus far from me, that, that's, that's it. Because on these episodes, like, I rely on you, yeah. our resident, like, professor of all things paranormal. And I'm, and I'm dying, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't bring much to the table. At least things can only get better. Well, I have just taken those... I've taken the, 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 the Limsip Max Strength cold and flu shit about 20 minutes and ago. You so. an energy drink, so you and you had an energy drink. Nut. No, this is the energy drink right now. Oh, shit. This is the energy drink. This is what is, what is fueling me. Well, I think that as we're recording this for posterity, you can always play this back to your boss on Wednesday when you return to work after your two days off sick. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I found out the other day, I only get five paid sick days a year. Oh, really? Yeah. And then it's uh, statutory sick pay, which is like 50p a day or something. Yeah, yeah. that's not good. Not good. So, uh, and I've already had like two or three days, I think. Like, it's not a lot, but... But for, it's enough that, that yeah, yeah, I need to save them for when I'm actually ill. So instead, when I go in on Monday, I'm going to make sure I get really up close and personal and sneeze on everyone. Yeah, so that idea. So everyone gets ill. I'm going to ask if the, I'm going to ask the owners to come over and hot desk next to us so that I can sneeze on them, so they can get ill, and then I can say, "Hey, motherfucker, if you gave me more than five paid days, paid days, sick day a year, I'd have stayed at home for this." But at but least you'll be working from home for three days. For now, three days so. anyway, yeah. So, what well, are your three days? Is like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes. Oh, that's. It's really good because Cody's not allowed Mondays at the moment. You're not allowed Mondays and Fridays. Apparently, before I started, when they first introduced the work from home thing after COVID. Um, the other two guys that were on my team were always arguing because they both wanted Fridays off. Of course, yeah. Uh, and then they were like, right, okay, well, no Fridays. So then they were always arguing because they both wanted the Monday yeah. off. So they said, right, no Mondays, no Fridays. If you can't play nice, we'll take up all and go home. Could they not have just done like, all right, for these six months, you can have Friday and I'll have Monday and then for the next six months, we'll switch. 
Uh, no, because that's the way I would or do like it. Or like alternate it. Yeah. No, because my colleagues are both stubborn and uh, petty and malicious. Because like, <laughs> from the why begin- I get on with them so well? From the beginning of the NFL season, which is like late August till like <coughs> the end at the end of January, I'd be quite happy to have Mondays off because it means I could stay up all night on a Sunday night <laughs> and then just like sit at my desk and be like <laughs> all day. But for the for the other six months, I would want. Friday's off. Now, see, I like it because it means, although Mondays suck, I know I've only got to make it through, like, nine hours, and then I'm working from home, and then it's just like, oh, it's Friday. Friday's a pretty good day to be in the office anyway. Yeah, to be fair. So, if if, I, if there's two days I have to be in the office, they're kind of the best ones at you the moment. You know you yeah. should go and see a doctor if you wake up for work on Friday and you're not in a slightly better mood, because yeah. it's Friday, yeah. Oh, so, like, yeah. even if Friday's shit and I'm really, really busy, it's Friday, I'll yeah. get through it. It's Friday, Friday, Friday gonna get, get down, down on Friday. Friday. Sorry. No, this look of horror. Shout out Rebecca, Rebecca, Shout out Black. Rebecca Black. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. I... that one. <laughs> the one that was. I reminded about them of the, the other day that it existed. Thingy. We were having the school disco day on on a Friday. Uh. We were playing annoying shit through the uh, through the echo speaker at work, and I put that on, and half of them are like in their twenties, so like only knew it for internet memes, and it wasn't until the chorus set you recognised it. The other guys who were like older. As soon as it came on, they're like, "Oh my god, I'd forgotten this existed." Such an and now every song. Friday, it gets put on. I've heard it talked about on podcasts. I've never actually heard it. That's why. All oh, right, you okay, got that I'll horrified share. look uh, on my face when you two start singing. Oh mate, it's 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 terrible. It's, it's awful. It is, I think it is the worst song I've ever heard in my life, and that's over like crazy. I don't know. There's something like that. that didn't I didn't get like to. tens of millions of views though. Yeah. Yeah, and she made thirty thousand uh, thirty thousand dollars off the back of it. Is that all? Yeah. Oh, because the, from my understanding, the company that it was a it was a birthday present, wasn't it? Her parents took her to a recording studio for yeah, the day, and it. then some publishing company were basically like, "Yeah, okay, you get half a percent or whatever." Oh, okay. So yeah, she'd made like thirty thousand dollars. Still, out of it. Uh, like a tween age, I'm assuming she's about a tween. Yeah, well, she was yeah, when it was recorded. Was... Yeah, that'll set her up for college, right? I, think I don't she, think she I think went to college because still, she had to go into hiding. Oh, really? I think she still makes music now, though. Does she? I think so, yeah. Oh, gods, I hope not. Well, she's a lot older now, so... Could you imagine that? Having like... Besides Reggie, but you still can't make music. Yes, I can. It's not good, but I can make it. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, by that token, Rebecca Black could well be making music. Yeah, would, you, would that not be, like, just the most horrible twist of fate? Like, you have these dreams and aspirations to be... A musician as a career so you get this lovely birthday present it all blows up and then suddenly you're like fuck you're like a couple of years in the future you're like no one's ever going to take me seriously no one's again. ever going to yeah. take me seriously like again. my dreams my dreams are over because this one thing i did went viral present, it went viral yeah oh my god that's not good that sucks to be her she could always be like a working musician or Podcast producer or something <laughs> Only fans. Only fans. Wait, what does she look like now? Because I haven't got a clue. It was difficult to judge back then because she was too young. I haven't got a clue, but a lot of people like that. Otherwise, you just like chuck the... dismissively at me. Like difficult to judge. It's like you shouldn't even be trying to judge at that age. You should. I mean, I didn't be... that because it would have been difficult, and I'd have had to spend too long applying that sort of thinking to someone that was too young to have that thinking applied to them. Yeah, I don't know what she looks like now, but a lot of people that had that sort of career are now on OnlyFans. 
a lot of people full stop are now on OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah, true. <clears throat> I'm surprised you two haven't got a joint OnlyFans at this point. I saw the other day there is a dad bod <laughs> OnlyFans. Right. It's this guy who literally has like the beer belly, the hairy chest, and he has an OnlyFans, and he has basically like retired and lives off the money he makes. Yeah, there's always like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing dad bod stuff. What well, is dad bod stuff? Man? Just doing dad stuff with his shirt off, doing like sexy stuff, but with a dad bod. Huh. And I'm just like, I have a dad bod. I am literally a dad. Maybe I should do this. People like long hair, right? I do. <laughs> well, you do, yeah. So there's got to be other weirdos out there in the world that like long hair. Yeah. I'm thinking I might <coughs> do an all nude, all like triple X one, but I just wear a gimp mask the whole time so no one knows it's me. Yeah, no, no, you should get the Plague Doctor mask. Yeah. Well, do it all with the Plague Doctor mask. No, because that's my uh, my profile picture on everything and so everyone will recognise Oh yeah, me. good point. Get a different colour plate. Get a rainbow plate, Dr. Mask. I'll get a gimp mask, I'll get some like latex like gloves and stockings just tie my tattoos and then yeah. I'll just do whatever. There we go. Yeah. Genius. So if you ever see someone on OnlyFans in a gimp mask and latex gloves latex and stockings, yeah, we know it's now. not me. We, we know. It's absolutely not Reggie. No, it's not me. I promise. Right, so we're talking paranormal today, not <laughs> we, only fans. We were meant to, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so, what what order are we doing this in? I thought we'd go... Uh, I know pre- that. What, what order are we discussing stuff oh, in? Oh, I don't I know. I prepped it as ghost hunting, UFOs, and then, you know, the showstopper. Awesome, because that's the order I have my notes in. That is also the order I told you we wouldn't do it in when yep. I texted you the other day. reason I did it in that order. And that's what yeah. you told me as so, well. So why are you asking us now? Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, make sure we're all on the same page. Podcasting. I've got several pages. Professional. Ooh, it's like we've never done a podcast. Shut up. I'm ill. <laughs> all right? And I'm not, I don't know what I mean, I'm just sick. I'm ill. <coughs> With the straight, ill behaviour. Just straight in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just regular me, basically. So... First note is uh, Ghost Hunt at, at I'm gonna say the name now and bleep it out so it sounds more interesting. Oh okay, yeah, right. it works. Because I, I was thinking about this the other day and as it is a protected site of national interest and you shouldn't really be going there. I don't want to tell people where it is and encourage people to go in there and cause more damage. What about the hundreds of videos that are already on YouTube and including our including, including ours? I don't care. I mean, mine hasn't got my face in it. I was, I was quite. Sa- yeah, but we were very respectful to the site. I don't, yeah. I don't want to point out, well, hey, I'm, this place is here. It's really cool. It's awesome. You can go there. We and didn't show and... how to get there. No, you can watch exactly. videos that explain how to get there, and there's many ways. No, to nowhere get online. In. Yeah, or well, a lot. Of the, the, the sensible places online won't tell you how to get yeah. there or how to get in. And I would like us to to be like that. That's so, why my okay. video doesn't show. Yeah. How to get in? It just shows I mean, mine from once in. Yeah. But my face isn't in it again. It's not like we turned up and graffitied. That was the other two no, guys. No, that was there. But just because we didn't do that. Yeah, the other guys there were doing that. And I'd prefer to not encourage people to, hey, there's this really cool abandoned location you can go and do drugs in. Yeah. Wait, people do drugs there? Oh, damn. Why did we not do drugs there? We might have, you know, come face to face. Anyway, guys, I'm ghosts. looking for people. <laughs> I'm looking for people I can go ghost hunting with that aren't these two clowns. <laughs> so, anyway, it's the <laughs> Redoubt Fort. Right. Uh, or as you guys just heard that it's the beep without fault <laughs> and now I'm going to have to self-censor my notes because I want to minimise I did. I decided to do this after I'd finished and saved all my notes last night and then I was like shit I'll bleep it out and now I'm realising how many times I've actually got that written in my notes well you can bleep it if you accidentally say it yeah I just don't want to spend like an hour bleeping stuff out so the without fault <clears throat> I've got a blurb of 
the history of the site and the description of what it is, and then Amy has a much better memory than I do. Or so, me. yeah, or you. I spent a lot more time communicating with. Yeah, and you and spent time editing the videos. And, and when you did the Estes method, you guys probably don't mm. really know no, because what we was were. discussed. But I was there watching both. Yeah. So the Redoubt Four, also known as the Bleep Bleep Mobilisation Centre was one of 13 installations built as part of the London Defence Scheme in the late 19th century. Uh, this one in particular was built sometime in 1890. Uh, to defend the capital against an attack through East Anglia from Europe, because obviously at the time France and Germany and all that were having having barmies and uh, what's his chops, Napoleon we were like, III was busy. We were like best friends with the French at that point though, right? Um, at the end we were, but at the start when we the were. scheme was first proposed, Napoleon III was around conquering shit and oh, okay. uh, eyeing foreign territories. Because I know by like nine, 1910 we were like... We were like BFFs with BFFs them. BFFs with them and Russia. Yeah, bizarrely. Uh, the plan was envisioned as a 72-mile-long line of entrenchments with the redoubts forming key points and housing heavy weapons and supplies. Uh, this particular one was the most northerly of the stations, the only one north of the Thames, uh, and the first one that was constructed. The site was later used as a radio site by the, Mar by the Marconi Wireless Telegraph Company, later the Imperial and International Communications Company, who people of our age will probably recognise better as Cable and Wireless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who provided, uh, who then sold off their broadband and internet connection side to NTL. Ah. There we go. And we just dated ourselves there. Yeah. Uh, then after World War Two, it uh, went into the ownership of the post office and finally British Tele Telecom. Uh, so it was a radio site between 1919 and 1982. Uh, and it was during its time as a radio station site that those non-military buildings were built, the houses that were there, yeah. they were all added as part of the radio station, which still doesn't ask answer to the question we asked of what the fuck are those trenches around the floor? Yeah, I have no idea. Because I thought it was some kind of like munitions thing, but yeah. no, they were built as part of the radio company. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, during World War II, the station was recalled to military service, mostly as munition storage, and two Alan Williams steel turrets were added at either end of the curving rampart. Do you think they were run by home guard? Uh, I don't think they were. I think they were manned by actual troops. Really? Reservist troops, from oh, what okay. I recall. Um, because that was like on standby. Again, in case of invasion, yeah. um, they held like they probably held the same stuff that the Home Guard ended up using yeah. because all the useful stuff was being sent to the front. But The French had one very, very <coughs> similar that ran like all along the... Uh, What's it called? The border mm. to like Belgium and Holland, and but there was like one little gap one where little they gap. didn't have them because I, I was saw it in a program the other day. It looked exactly the same in like circular dome buildings yeah. with the guns in, and that's where the Germans basically walked in through the one little gap because the one little gap. they were like, no one's going to come through there. There's forests. No, like it's yeah. all good. We just have to cover this bit. This is the open bit, and the Germans just went okay. They should. Oh, they should have learned from from Hannibal and his elephants. Yeah. Um, the Redoubt is a low-profile, concealed installation because by this point they'd realised that having a great big, huge concrete construct stuck out in the middle of the fields would have worked previously, but by this point artillery was really good and really accurate yeah. and they would just bomb the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, it had a rampart, a glacis and an outer ditch, which the shell store and main store areas are built into. Behind that and the biggest structures on the site are the gorge casemates, which were built to house 72 men with reinforced concrete. 
The gorge ditch, unfortunately, is usually flooded, as are the casemates, making them very difficult and unpleasant to access. So that's the bit the bridge goes over when you first yeah, walk in. Yeah, that's here. actually the back of the installation. Yeah. So the other bit, which is all overgrown and wooded now, it would have been the front. And then obviously those little bunker bits along there where the shell store was and everything, you'd have the guns up on top of that. Okay. Um, and there's obviously the bridge that runs over that gorge uh, as primary entrance to the site, leading to a track that then runs past the shells of the later buildings added by the radio company. So yeah. heading out onto the fields. Uh, it's currently a protected scheduled ancient monument due to its historical relevance and, and national interest. Just going to say, like, private ownership. if they really care, would they not, like, you know, just board up that part where we've got and try not to give it all away? It's yeah. privately owned. The fence, the fence is around it. They're the typical sort of, like, uh, don't go in here, derelict building fences, and they've been... I was, the word in my mind is violated, and that's not the word. That's I'm, definitely not the word. They, they've basically been broken at key points around it so you can get in without too much hassle. Um, but because it's in private ownership, yeah. and there's it's no benefit shame. to the private owners to. It's a shame that they don't anything, sort of clean it all out and then open it to the public as like a. Historical. Yeah, yes. Like, so even if you pay to go in to keep, like, to maintain it. Yeah. A lot of this information came from the National Trust Review that they did a few years back. Yeah. Um, I think it was the early noughties, they, they went in and they did this and yeah, they're like, you know, we really need to, that's how comes it earned its protected yeah. status. But since then it's just been left to fall apart uh, and be graffitied. Uh, we visited twice now, mm. or we visited twice. Who did you say Alan was? Sorry to interrupt. What? You was reading to say that Alan. Oh, the Alan Williams turrets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. And that's Alan hyphen Williams, as okay. in the two guys that designed them. And they're basically those partially submerged turrets with big domes with dome. that could have oh, okay. up to three guys in it and a bunch of different heavy weapons. Yeah, I know what you mean now, sorry. So, yeah. Um, I've been twice as well, yeah. Have you? Oh, yeah, because I went with you and I went on my own. Um, we've, yeah, well, we'd like to do a third visit, which we were. I was planning to do this month when we had a nice dry spell and all that water would be gone and we could actually get into the casemates. Yes. But it's not turning out that way this year, is it? It's not, because this has been like one of the soggiest summers ever. So and that's saying something for Britain. For, for Britain, yeah. yeah. Um, the site <coughs> has had reports of footsteps and commanding officers shouting. Um, we heard footsteps. Yeah, me, me and Cody, right, when yeah. you were a bit ahead of us yeah. and we were looking along just past the bridge. That was on top of the casemates, wasn't it? Yeah, and we heard... It was it was like as if someone was running up behind us. We thought I thought someone was going to be like, stop, you can't be here. Yeah. Yeah, and me and Cody both way. spun around at the exact same time and we were like, oh, there's nothing there. And obviously it's, that whole section is a broad, open expanse. Yeah, there was yeah. no one there. There was, there was like a leaf blowing in the wind, which was kind of as if it had been... Like, just, oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a leaf. <laughs> it, it, it kind of looked as if something had disturbed it and that's why it moved yeah. so that was when I, at first I thought oh okay this is a bit a bit spooky yeah and we've had aside from the, the footsteps uh, EMF responses yeah you were making friends and well depending on how you interpret it communication via the Estes method yeah interesting is I realised when I was writing this up the EMF responses were down in that shell store in the which one is it? The Eastern Shell Store, um, and then we did the Estes method basically directly above it. We were sat mm. yeah. on the concrete yeah. ledge above it, and that's where we got the responses. Yeah, because we tried to do it down 
in the thing we couldn't get the signal could we yeah so that's why we went above for those of you who don't know what the Estes method is um, it's using a spirit box which is uh, traditionally a radio that auto scans through radio frequencies only stopping for a second or so on each channel so that you get a garbled mash of words come through the idea being that spirits can use that they can influence what you're hearing through that to give you to communicate to answer questions or you know that sort of thing the Estes method uh, developed by Carl I thought it was Connor, Connor Randall Connor Randall yeah, yeah. Why I, I keep wanting to call him Carl yeah. that's the other guy who does he's the actual filmmaker yeah yeah uh, by Connor Randall and another chap at that hotel the name of which I can't remember the oh the Shining Hotel yeah. the Shining Hotel that's not the Shining Hotel I was going to say the Stanley Hotel yes, yes. Stanley Hotel oh, well done check you out high five <laughs> <laughs> this is I, why she's here you see yeah. I said she has a much better memory than either of us <laughs> us too I'm suck. never 100% sure on my facts but I'm like I'll say anyway and hope it's right uh, yeah when they were when he was working that's there that's all we do don't yeah, I true. Yeah. and basically you remove external stimuli so the person who is the receiver puts the headphones on, plugged into the spirit box, then puts on big ass like noise cancelling or blocking headphones and a blindfold, and they just repeat the words that they hear through their ears. So they can't hear the questions being asked by the other investigators. So in theory, they're not tailoring their responses. Yeah, it can't to the be manipulated. Yeah, the idea is it, it removes that uh, subconscious bias that you yeah. may have. And the, the blocking of senses is supposed to sort of send you in a like, almost hypnotic yeah you're supposed, to, you're supposed to open your mind and be very zen about the whole yeah. thing yeah I I do feel that because we're going to do something special for Halloween yeah if you remember that is. Uh, it's on the thing yeah. I, know there, I know there is something special planned so I'm, I'm thinking don't ask me details I'm struggling to remember anything at the moment I know snap <laughs> I'm thinking when we do that I might try doing like a proper meditation first so yeah. I can like act absolutely close my yeah. mind off and then maybe with all the stuff on yeah and then just give you a thumbs up and then we'll when start you're, yeah when you're ready to go yeah. yeah I think like the more you do it the more you're supposed to sort of slip into it easier and yeah. it's <coughs> a lot easier so I think yeah I think it is very much like a meditative thing like yeah and yeah the first time or the, maybe the first five or six times you meditate it's going to be really quite difficult but after a while you get to a point and you kind of you can you know the right mind. mental buttons yeah. to push to get yourself to that state yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like that's very very similar you're shutting everything out out and just learning to focus on just the or radio just, yeah or what yeah what's coming through that's the idea you open yourself up um, we got, I remember when you were doing it, we got some interesting stuff, but I have no idea what we got when I was doing it. I've seen really, video, I did mean to sit down and review the footage yeah. <laughs> before recording. But I, I don't know whether you were both speaking to the same person, but it felt like it was different yeah. people. Yeah, there were there were conflicting response. There were responses to the same questions, but they kind of conflicted with one another. Yeah, okay. I think your one was they were talking a lot about music and playing in a yes didn't they say they played the drums yeah you you, and there was like you were channeling a drummer apparently awesome. yeah. gutted <laughs> couldn't get a real musician <laughs> oh and also they were talking about i think their brother and that there'd been a revo revolution yes that's right yeah and an uprising or revolution yeah. had taken place and they okay. were standing with their back against the wall yeah and someone got shot and it's worth oh, mentioning like a firing line it's a worth mentioning line. at this juncture there is no official record of anyone ever dying at that site okay it's very hard to find but information a lot of the information there is uh presumed 
or inferred because the records from that time are spotty at best. Obviously, they were, a lot of them were stored in fucking uh, filing cabinets in London, which all got blown up during the Blitz. Mm. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff from there. There's there's things that are recorded, and like you know, so we know this is the scheme that built the place. This is how many men would have been there, but Find, actual finding names key records and, dates and stuff and like, like that, that is very difficult. Living in a world where we know, and we're going to discuss it later, governments aren't the most, you know, honest honest people. <laughs> could there, could you think there'd be a case of maybe like one squadron revolts against its leader or its yeah. general, and then but then it gets covered up? Or, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. don't forget, you know, this was at a time where, um, obviously, in both world wars, mm. the old White Feather Brigade. Might have you conscientious objectors and things like that, and if someone had joined or been fucking a press gang sort of thing into it, they may be phrasing it as a revolution, when in fact they just had an argument with their superior officer because yeah. he was a dick, or they were a dick, or whatever. But yeah, it's entirely possible somebody was executed there or did something there that led to yeah. their death later, you know, further down the line. Interestingly, your one, I think. It was saying about how they were... I can't remember what the word they used. Um, kind of like embarrassed. Mm. I can't remember what, what it was. But they, like they were being treated really badly. Oh, shame. Not respected. Okay. That sort of thing. Yeah. And Obviously, it's difficult for me because I was only of, hearing yeah. what yeah. I was saying. So That kind of connected quite a bit to your one in that sense. But then your one was talking a lot about love. Yes. And because he said, <laughs> Why would someone believe in love channel you? Well, makes I it don't know. Like, you were the first, were you the first to? Yeah, I did it first. Yeah, you did it first. And then I, I thought got maybe something you were gra- speaking, like fucking roared in my ears. I think you might be speaking to who I was speaking to down downstairs. Because yeah. when we said about do you have a girlfriend, they said me. Yeah. And they had been speaking just to me. So maybe I reminded them of. Yeah. Of a girlfriend, or it's, it's worth pointing out at this point that uh, all the ghosts like to talk to Amy. Yeah, yeah. none of them want to talk to me. No. In fact, they will they will actively discourage me being there. Which you can see on the video when you, uh, yeah. when that goes up, which will be <laughs> soon, probably this week. <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds a lot like a YouTube subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And the streaming subscribers. Yeah, and, yeah, none of them want me to be there. They will they will actively try and get rid of me. Uh, and they always want to talk to her. I, I don't mean, know why. Sounds like your best friend too. But <laughs> uh, yeah, why do you think I was in such a rush to get back from dropping the child <laughs> yeah. off? So I was like, I ain't fucking leaving him in the house alone. Oh missus. come on, she would never answer the door of you, Annie. That's, That's what I said. She's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, he'll be back in a minute. <laughs> she was like, you got to get back before he comes back. I was like, yeah, so I've got to be back because you two are so freaking awkward. I was like, he'll just decide. No, I'll just wait out here. I'll wait outside the front door till he gets back, <laughs> and you'll just be hiding in the living room. I'll be at the window like. Just waving. I'll leave you in in a minute. Busy. Tip. <laughs> 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 Window. That <laughs> nah, is a callback and a half. That hour. is, Jesus. Oh dear, that was a long time ago. So, would you say we walked away from Beep Beep Readout with more kind of encouraging evidence or just confusing and we don't know what? I. You can hear it in the recording. I got really excited. Yeah. yeah, you got really excited and then really freaked out when it roared in your ear. When it roared, yeah, I mean, that... I, to be honest, if we get to the end of the Estes method, I'm getting like responses. I've seen like the EMF actually answering questions, 
And then I go up and we do the Estes method and we're getting, you know, having a conversation about love and fucking things like that. And then all of a sudden something like literally comes through and roars in my ears on the radio wave. Yeah. And I was like, nope. Just... Yeah. Up until that point, it had been really chill, hadn't it? Yeah, the whole thing had been really chill. And it was afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. It was just that but, one moment. Uh, well, clearly. Which I've seen in a lot of cases where I've people seen... have done the Estes method where... It seems to be going fine, and then something else comes through. And a lot of the descriptions like, no, of it are the now. same sort of thing. Something roaring through the headphones, like, yeah. out of nowhere. I swear there's a moment in the first season of Hellia where they're out, uh, and they get the, like that log cabin-y place, and they're all yeah, sitting yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. They're all the hypnosis and shit. And Connor's doing it, and something happens to him, and he's just like, whoa, takes the yeah. thing off, and he's just like, I don't like that. I'm not yeah. doing that again. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't just a, a roar. It was like, I just got this very strong feeling going... Stop doing this. Yeah. And I was like, okay then. I'm not one to ignore you. Yeah. I'm ready. You do it. Your turn, mate. It's kind of like if something else is coming through. Something else come through and and decided no. We're done. Clearly it was whatever didn't like me. Yeah. It's like, no, we're done now. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of. Because when we first went there, we just kind of wanted to explore. Yeah. And we took. The first time we went there. We took like the EMF stuff. Because now if I'm going. I'm going to any like abandoned building these days, I take. At least I take a torch and the EMF meter with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> between those two on my phone, there ain't many places I can't explore. That's the thing. We're always quite interested in that sort of side of things, but we've never really taken it very seriously. And we figured it, that now that we have a child, it's perfect time to do it. Yeah, take it with us. <laughs> but yeah, we, we didn't even think to get the EMFs out until we went into the shell storage. Yeah. And yeah, we'd explored because at that point in time we were still just exploring the site because we'd yeah. never been there yeah. before. And it was weird, we just kind of got the vibe to, to do it. I was like, hey, we should we should bust out the EMF, see what's going on. And I really didn't think we'd get any sort of response. No, I wasn't ex- expecting anything because it, obviously it's in a reinforced concrete bunker out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's no radio like sites there because this was the radio site. So I was like, you're yeah, probably going to get much. And then yeah we did pretty much straight away wasn't but it, it started yeah when when you know when you're asking questions like is there anyone there and it's like bloop flashes up full and you're like, oh okay yeah do you want to talk to us bloop yeah like, oh, okay i guess they do then yeah Re- regarding something you said last week about how children are more in tune with this stuff because you know society and the world hasn't kind of ruined their brains and taken all the magic out of it yeah i do remember cody getting suddenly just out of nowhere being like I'm scared now yeah. and I yeah. had to go and stand outside with him while you two and were investigating and he did that the first yeah. time as well he was fine time. at first and then he just started crying yeah and we was like okay like let's sort of wrap it up a bit but as soon as we come out of there he was like oh my god that was so exciting yeah because otherwise I wouldn't take him again I'd never force him no. to, to do anything but yeah, it's just really weird how he was absolutely fine and then just started crying. Yeah, and fine, then, and then crying, and then... Afterwards, he was saying, oh, it was a nice spirit, I'd like to be his friend. That's why he was happy to go back the yeah. second time with us. And he was, talking to, he was talking to it as well, wasn't he? He was like, you yeah, don't need to be to afraid. Which was really <laughs> yeah, it's like there's, so there's my nine-year-old telling the ghost not to be yeah. afraid. We're not here to hurt you. <laughs> I just remember him being like, well, I'm scared now. And I was like, okay, I'll take you outside. Yeah. yeah. And I got and him then, outside, started talking about... Uh, Roblox and he was just like happy as Larry and yeah. Yeah. yeah okay and he always talks about it like fondly do you feel mm. that he sensed something or it was just you know I don't it's know diff- the thing is children it's hard right it's because, difficult to tell because they're a child yeah and they're in a they're in a strange environment experiencing experiencing things they've never experienced before yeah the same with adults who have never been in that sort of situation 
it's it's difficult to tell is that their own is it are they freaked out just because it's something weird happening yeah or are they freaked out because they're, they're picking up on they're picking up on energy. something or you know i have my own experience of that the very first time we ever went ghost hunting when we went to range wells mm. oh yeah so we went i don't know what come over us but the three of us went right it's like midnight yeah in this old abandoned kind of archaic building in the middle of woods in the middle of a field like if, if we ever get the patreon set up that will become grade one patreon content just the unedited yeah. audio video recordings of that because there's way too much for us to go to yeah that, that's great. why and there'll be a lot more because we'll be recording a lot more yeah but like i was excited when we first got there mm. and i was just like it's all three of us we're fine like the you biggest, had a video camera. You I had a video me. camera. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was living my Blair Witch dream. Bl- yeah, <laughs> like ten foot behind you too to make sure I had you framed. Getting the, the frames camera. in the night vision. Yeah, but like I was just I was excited. I was in my mind. I was just like we like I am the skeptic on this podcast, but in my mind it was like the biggest problem we're going to have is drunk teenagers, yeah. right? Like because. If I live around there, this is where I would be getting drunk on a oh, Saturday yeah, night because yeah. it was a Saturday night as well. Was. We walked in there, pitch black, like walked through the woods, found the place, did like walked in. There's a pentagram on the wall. There was a Ouija board Ouija in there board already in there above the, the well. And we did the entire thing, and then as we get 30, 40, maybe fifty foot away from the building, and we're coming out. Suddenly, I had a panic attack. Yeah. yeah. Like, you out. You started power walking up the hill. Completely out of nowhere. Like, everything that should have scared me or should have yeah. caused this reaction absolutely didn't. It was when it was all done, it was all wrapped up, and we were making our way back to the car. Yeah. Suddenly, I just had this, like, naught to panic in less yeah, than a second. It was really strange. And, mm-hmm. I, and that's when I was just like, wow. Like, I never ever talked about that publicly before because that was basically my thing from that I took away from that but yeah seeing as none of that's ever going to come that's, out that's not going to yeah it was it. supposed to be an episode but we didn't know what we were doing and there's way yeah. too much stuff yeah I, I do want to look through the footage and if I find stuff and put together maybe like a, a snippet of it yeah I will like sizzle reel yeah because there was some bits that we got not as much as the other places but, but I think we like, I was really anxious before we went, mostly because I, I always worry about other people rather than yeah. the spirits. Yeah, I think that, that was our main concern was just running into other people that were yeah. going to cause. Especially AI. in the woods where if you if we want to run off. I think the right. good thing about that location is that it's not within a sensible walking distance. Of and I think it was raining. Habitation. Wasn't it? it was it raining had been a bit, so we earlier, were like, yeah. yeah. And it's I've I've seldom been anywhere that was as dark yeah. as that yeah. woodland because it was a cloudy night. And there's literally there are no streetlights for miles around. It's very easy to get. Well, we got lost finding it. We got it, lost finding it, and yeah. we'd been there in the daytime yeah. and knew exactly where to go. That, but when you go down there in pitch black, you can't that was see the, it until you're actually there. That was the only, that was like the worrying thing was it was so removed. Like if yeah. if something could happen, it's not like we would have run a hundred yards and we could have banged on someone's front door. No, like we would have had to have found our way out of the woods, then like got across that field and yeah. then found somewhere because I'm not even really sure their houses no they're not that's, where you that's park. A, like a national like a trust. church or something so it's a national yeah. trust visit centre yeah because that whole part is a national park but that was the closest I've come to having 
what I would regard as evidence of something unnatural was mm. the fact that like everything was done. Yeah. We'd packed up, we were on our way, and then suddenly I had this just one of the it's worst like panic attacks I've ever had in my life. To... Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a I have a theory about that actually. Okay. We weren't actually there that long. And we were only there about probably about twenty, twenty five minutes. Uh, right? I think well, I think looking at the recording it was about forty, forty five minutes. Oh okay. There. Um most investigations obviously stretch for a lot longer than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but as it turned out, we were woefully unprepared. For <laughs> yeah. We had all the gear and no idea. And it was midnight. And, and it, it was, was midnight. Cold. Yeah. Um, but I think we didn't get an awful lot of responses there. The biggest reaction we had was obviously when we were leaving with yeah. you. Yeah. I think it took that long for stuff to get stirred up almost. Okay. Because I've seen other people, other uh, groups and that, that have gone there and investigated <coughs> and have had quite a lot of you know, reactions there. But their investigations tend to be like three or four hours. So I'm okay. wondering if like, if we'd stayed there for another hour, we'd have had an hour of just like fucking Beelzebub popping yeah. up out of the well to have a chat or something. But it was really weird because we, I felt like we were... Even though we weren't getting a lot of responses, we were getting some lot like, on the EMF yeah. meter and stuff like that. But we were singing this... on the uh, uh, what's it called, spirit box. Yeah, and it's like all of a sudden we all seem to kind of think, okay, whatever it is, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, because everything Cause we kind of stopped. Yeah, and the whole energy changed. Well, you think about a big predator entering the woods. Yeah. All the birds and the small animals that you've been hearing yeah. just stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, we're hearing all these, all these little. It, I felt very comfortable there. Yeah, the I fact. felt very safe. Yeah, yeah that's like midnight there, in the woods in the dark. Fine. That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm not a trained psychologist, but from a psychology point of view, it's not like I walked in there anxious. I walked in there afraid, and then once it was all done, like my body went right. Let's get out. Yeah, yeah. Like I was calm. I yeah, was quite excited. I, 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 yeah. remember, I remember saying like, or oh, maybe it's all the adrenaline gone, and you were like. Well, no, because I was fine. Yeah. But yeah. If it had happened to me... It was me, a very comfortable place to be. It's yeah. a very nice... It, it, like, there in, the, in the daytime, it's, it's a beautiful location. Yeah, I, f I felt... Once we were there, I felt very <clears throat> safe. Yeah. Yeah, snap. I didn't feel it was uncomfortable only, like, or... walking away. Like, yeah. we packed up, we were on our way back to the car, and then just suddenly... So I, I, I think we'd attracted something's attention. Yeah. Maybe. With what we were doing. Because we were name? calling, we were trying to talk to... The chap remember. whose name I can't remember because I didn't prep that for this episode. No, sorry, maybe, I kind of veered this off to talk about something else. But it's like we were talking or trying to communicate with him. Yeah, there are child, child spirits. There's other spirits there as well. So maybe we were getting responses from something else. Yeah, and then he arrived. He arrived, and we've been calling changed. him out because yeah. uh, it says you know the, we the, were trying the around it says he likes to talk business and stuff, but he gets very angry if you start questioning his business acumen and his ability exactly as a businessman like, yeah. which is what we did by the end because we weren't getting anything we were yeah. saying things like did you continue to sell your water knowing it might make people it sick it might make people ill were you was money more con important man? yeah um, so maybe that's what came in and that was him coming left. in in reaction to our questions and it tried to do something to you yeah. I wouldn't say like attach itself but no and I think it probably picked just picked up on the energy absolutely yeah and it just it it was thing is though like we got out that as soon as we got back to the car and I got in the car, it was like I'd never had a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. In, in my life at off. all, like yeah, you, not you not not just then, but 
for a good 10 minutes like I was struggling to breathe I was just like he saw the Ghostbusters branding on the car yeah probably yeah he was just like well (laughs) out of my depth back to the original topic though like the bleep bleep redoubt would you like to go back there at night yes that that was my plan was to go back there like during the summer yeah we could um, set up like dry. a base camp yeah in, have, a, have, have a pick a location a nice sensible location I'd say in, in the shell storage because that's where we've got a lot of activity yeah in the shell storage set up cameras have you know take a team of the people REM, REM pod would be quite cool to use between yeah. the two doors yeah because basically set it up like a proper investigation and spend a good few hours there overnight doing things like doing the Estes method at different locations around yeah. the site doing uh not necessarily seances because we don't know or have any mediums, but bust out the old uh, mousetrap uh, Ouija board. Mousetrap. So I, I, I think very disparagingly of Ouija boards. So yeah. I want to take, I've got one specifically so that I can take it to haunted locations and disprove them because I think they're bullshit. Okay. Come, come at me, internet, if you disagree because fuck you guys and your board games. Um, but yeah. Do a proper investigation yeah. then. That was my plan for some point this summer, but the weather has been so shit that yeah. we'd all got trench we'd all get trench foot. We wouldn't be able to get into the casemates or the gorge. Um so I'm um, just like kind of holding off. I'm hoping for like an Indian summer. Yeah. So it that come next month sort of thing. Sort it is out, meant to improve so. over the next like few weeks or so. So I have to admit though, like when I went back on my own, it wasn't it wasn't spooky. Like, no, it's not a spooky location. I walked in there, I walked around the whole place, I shot my video, everything. I was probably there about 45 minutes. Not, like, at no point did I feel, like, even walking through them tunnels where you can't see the other end, you don't yeah. know who's in there. At no point did I ever feel fearful that, no. that like, there was someone else there or something was going to happen. It was, like, a really peaceful kind it's, of it's a really nice again it's in a very beautiful location because yeah. you're out there in the Essex countryside it's got brilliant views as I my little tidbit of information is that on a clear day you can see all the way from there to Chelmsford mm. 20 miles away because um, that's why it was built there on top of the, the hill sort of thing it's a really nice location there's a steam train yeah. that runs past in the yeah. distance it's like yeah and the actual location itself doesn't feel unpleasant i've been to locations before where the very atmosphere of the place is unpleasant i would say that isn't one of them the houses that we would we took photos in yes they felt more unpleasant than the actual place i don't know whether it was because i'm familiar with what a building should look like right so the fact that it had like the roof was out and it was all all like kind of run down and yeah it was very much a ruin basically yeah they were they were gutted when the uh when the radio companies moved out they took everything out of the buildings with them yeah Yeah. i suppose you can kind of see more of the destruction like the glass on the floor the roof missing whereas in the other building you don't really know although the doors apparently most of the fittings were left in the 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 casemates and the the shell store and all that yeah originally the original doors the shelving all the the fittings the lights and all that we're all just left in there. But it's all gone. But where it's been where it's been sort of like what, twenty, thirty years open to Joe Public, it's yeah. all been Stripped. destroyed or, or stolen. I did watch a video, I can't remember. Not preserved like yeah. I do when I when I reclaim stuff. I keep it all. It's like I, I watched a video, I can't remember who the YouTubers <coughs> are. If I find them I'll we'll put a link somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we can certainly tag. Um and they they went there, they do a lot of um 
more like exploring they they're very into like the old war and like the history and stuff mm. like that so when they do these like videos they talk a lot about the history and the the guns that we use and stuff like that and one of them put on these massive like waders and goes into the thing it's so creepy oh, yeah, it looks it creepy. looks so creepy but there's like um <laughs> some like original bits in there there's like bed shelves yeah because obviously that was that was the the billets billets for the uh the troops yeah so that's where they would have been living and sleeping and stuff yeah there. some of it's still there but it's so flooded that yeah you know. i was gonna say was it dry the first time you went no no i think it was drier the second time it was drier the second you. time yeah do you think we could get like a dinghy is probably not the right word do you know them boats you had when you were a kid and you used to go to the beach yeah one of them dinghy. and just that's sailing dinghy. little little dinghy um <laughs> I mean, I can see if the two of us went in there, I can see us both going overboard at some point. Yeah, waders would be a better bet because okay. when, when I tested it, it was about, it's somewhere between like two and three foot. Yeah, I think you guys would probably be able to get in there with waders. I would not because it is too deep. Yeah. And the water is disgusting. If it was clean water. Yeah, it's not, it was... The, sort of, it's not the sort of water you want to be inadvertently getting in your dinghy and... and Do you think it ever water. dries out? It I does. Know, I know it does. you're I've seen confident. Videos and, I've seen videos and photos there of when it's when it's dried out. Okay. We need a hot summer like. Um, last you know, summer. I was going to say last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can imagine it was dry as a bone there because we went months without any rain yeah. and just lots or, of. Or heat. even just shallow enough to comfortably walk through. Yeah. In wellies. Yeah. yeah. Just put wellies on and and just wade through it like that. But yeah, as it, as it is at the moment, I can imagine the amount of rain we've had lately. It's probably and that about four foot deep. Stink. Oh yeah, it, it's, it's not. It's, it's not a location you could spend a lot of time in because no. it would stink. Oh yeah, but yeah, that's that's because the owners won't pump it up. But it's a, it's a it's a catch twenty two because if the owners took better care of the site, they'd More get people. security and they would put the fences back up and stop you getting in there. So you don't want them to stop you getting in there, but it, the, the the side obviously the downside of that is they're not taking any care of the site so it just gets worse and you it doesn't get pumped out because yeah. the drainage yeah. it all had drainage in there originally but obviously it's all clogged up because it's woodland now it's all overgrown isn't it yeah without maintenance it just floods I would love to buy it yeah oh it'd be a great site to buy I would love to buy it and just Christ. buy it clear it up uh, and install some fucking power points or something and then just rent it out to people doing fucking I don't know airsoft and oh, ghost hunts and no fuck get that get Sam Colby down to, uh, <coughs> yeah you would fucking live to there to do a investigation there wow I just think it would be incredible shout out Sam and Colby <laughs> I think it would be an incredible place to live like if you could if you had a budget to kind of to renovate it to, to yeah but I would keep it as exactly as it is now as possible i would just maybe put windows in and some doors and then yeah. in, like on the outside i would keep it as as exactly the same yeah. as i possibly could but and then on the inside i would make it way more livable but yeah, oh God, yeah. like just to geek at home and you just you walk across that bridge to you your house across your, yeah. through the gate across your bridge into your fucking yeah. down the stairs because that whole casemate section yeah if properly like drained that, I mean, that's it's housing massive. for 72 people. Yeah. <laughs> and there'd just be you hiding there or hiding away from the world. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Fiber optic broadband connection. Yeah. Bosh. Okay, so, yeah, there we go. That was that was us talking about our visit to the Bleep Bleep Redoubt 4. There, there will be a video coming up soon. There is a video. Yeah, I have seen it. 
It needs not just the raw footage either. It needs first tweaking, but it's nearly. Did I ever send you the link to that? No, you kept telling me you were going to put it in the group on or in the Dropbox folder so I could watch it, but it, yeah. it never appeared. It's never appeared. And I, I, it doesn't seem to allow me to put anything. Remind in me there. to do it this afternoon. Yeah. When we finish recording, I'll do that. Right. Yeah. Well, last week we talked about um, the UAP here in, we in did Congress, indeed. but we didn't really dig into it we kind of just like you know looked at it a little bit and then walked the other way yeah so i thought i found this article on the five most memorable moments from the congress hearing oh got a bit of spiel at first then we're going to go through each each one and i've got questions and talking points for each one so cool i thought that would be some good content um right so the five most memorable moments from congress's ufo hearing Three former military officials told Congress Wednesday that they believe the government knows much more about UFOs than it is telling the public. A House Oversight Subcommittee held a hearing on UFOs, officially known as Unidentified Aerial Phenomena or UAPs, and heard mystifying testimony about unexplained object sightings and government possession of non-human biological matter. Lawmakers on the committee, baffled by some of the testimony, repeatedly noticed that you noted that UAP sightings are an issue of bipartisan concern and raised national security questions. Separately, some accused the federal government of endeavouring to conceal key UFO-related information from the public, though they did not provide evidence to support those allegations. The sheer number of reports, whistleblowers and stories of unidentified anomalous phenomena should raise real questions and warrant investigation and oversight. And that's why we are here today, Representative Robert Garcia, the top Democrat on the subcommittee, said in the opening statement. So I did the same thing. Whenever I see rep, I just automatically passed it into Republic. Yeah, me too, yeah. Or Republican was mine, but (laughs) (laughs) turns out he's a Democrat. Uh, (laughs) UAPs, whatever they may be, may pose a serious threat to our military or civilian aircraft, and that must be understood. These UAP sightings, experts say, might be attributable to balloons, drones, optical illusions, or even the blinking lights of a commercial, commercial airliner. The Pentagon has said they have seen no evidence linking UAPs to alien activity, though they have not ruled out that explanation. Here are five of the witnesses' main claims from the hearing. Uh, Number one, government is absolutely in possession of UAPs. David Grush, a former US intelligence official, told the panel that he is absolutely certain that the federal government is in possession of UAPs. Citing interviews, he said he conducted with 40 witnesses over a four-year period. The former US intelligence official said he led Defense Department efforts to analyze reported UAP sightings and was informed of a multicade uh, Pentagon program that endeavored to collect and reconstruct crashed UAPs. Asked by Representative Jared Moskowitz, uh, how such a program is funded Grush claimed that the effort is above congressional oversight and bankrolled by a mis- misappropriation of funds uh, does that mean that there is money in the budget that is set to go to a program but it doesn't and it goes to something else Maskowitz asked yes I have specific knowledge of that Grush said though he did not provide more details claiming the information remains classified 
it's not hard to believe the misappropriation of funds is quite common within a government right no we see it all the fucking time yeah it's just like oh oh wait you told me that they used money that was intended for one thing and used it for something else it's like well, they just do that that's just a daily fucking occurrence for politicians so yeah yeah I have no I love how that's the bit that they focused on not the fact that like you know there's this multi-decade project to reverse engineer alien technology wait you mean they used money that was supposed to be what if it was something that I wanted the money for <laughs> yeah that's uh, what they really focused on where's the money if he has in- interviews with over 40 witnesses like where are they why doesn't he provide them to the hearing as evidence it's interesting because there's a lot of things he he claims he can't reveal because it's uh, classified information. You're a whistleblower, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Either blow that whistle or I'm... get off the pot, mate. You know. Yeah, go go hard or go home. Go hard or go home. <laughs> Either like do that. I suppose at the moment he's not doing anything illegal. If he reveals classified information, regardless of whether it proves aliens exist or not, then they can hit him with the full force of the law and they'll black bag him. But. Uh. Yeah, uh, if he does have that information, he kind of needs an anonymous way to release that information. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just I can say I met an alien. Oh, really? When did you do that? I can't tell you. It's classified. Yeah. I mean, we I've got some questions on that later. Awesome. <laughs> um, do you believe there is a real life X Files department within the Pentagon trying to piece crash UAPs back together? Absolutely. Hell yeah. yeah. I think not only is there one in the Pentagon, I think there's one in MI5, and I think. Most developed countries have probably yeah, got... Yeah, I think most first world countries have uh, uh, a department or task force or something that yeah. is just there trying to... You know, you know, they we know they have teams and departments specifically looking at aliens mm. being a potential because we've discussed them before and it's been acknowledged by the military that, yes, there are teams who have that as part of their remit. So... You know, if they have got this technology, they've absolutely got like installations and facilities just to study yeah, it. Because when, where do you think Velcro and Teflon come from, mate? <laughs> Non-human biologics were found at a crash site. <clears throat> Grush, who underscored that he has not personally spotted a UAP, told the panel that he knows of multiple colleagues who were injured by UAPs. He also said he has interviewed individuals who have recovered non-human biologics from crashed UAPs. <coughs> Grush said he prefers to use the term non-human rather than alien or extraterrestrial asked by Eric Burdison to substantiate the crashed UAP's claim the former intelligence official said he could not divulge specific details once again claiming the information was too sensitive to share with the public <coughs> sorry I got a sore throat he did however describe the nature of what he saw I have to be very careful here but what I personally witnessed, myself and my wife, was very disturbing. He's been clever with his use of language here, right? He says biologics are non-humans instead of alien or extraterrestrial because people would jump to the conclusion of alien yeah. rather than one of the other more plaus- plausible possibilities. Yeah, non-human biologics, like we said last week. Could be a hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. Could be a daisy. I, do, I do like the use of non-human rather than yeah. alien, but it does... Is sort of lead to more questions. Well, he's like in my in my opinion, he's just being clever. He knows yeah. that the majority of the people that are going to read an article about this congressional hearing yeah. are probably true believers. Yeah. So the minute they read biologics or non-human, 
their minds they're, they're instantly. making that immediate yeah. connection <coughs> extraterrestrial yeah I mean need to say it. I did I did when I first heard about this and then we talked about it last week and it, it could be an animal it could be yeah. any kind of thing but if someone says well you know it was a chimp the Russians put a chimp in this the thing and they sent it over it's, uh, yeah then he can get, he can just say well I didn't say I it say human. he's kind of he's saying that, that it wasn't piloted by a human yeah but obviously you know the, the the main concern I think by by the American government is that this could be a foreign power that has these yeah these uh, aerial craft that can't be tracked and and perform impossible feats and stuff like that and it's like well that's their main focus so he's saying you know it's non-human but like I said it could be a, t- a test pilot it could be a chimp yeah. the Russians put a fucking dog in space yeah so you know it could be an Elon Musk oh. all he said is non-human. <laughs> could be the lizard people could be the lizard people this is what they're doing when he says he knows of people injured by UAPs do you believe he means aliens or in reality it is more than likely it was something more mundane like someone getting hit by a weather balloon or slicing their finger on a piece of sharp metal I think it's yeah the second of the two yeah because you know that's the stuff oh that's parcel being delivered yeah that's my oh that'll be my new parcel I hope that's not broken because that's a delicate uh, electrical device um Awesome, thanks, Amazon. Well, I'm sure you can get your money back. I'll get my money back, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more likely, you know, at the crash site or that there was that thing the other, we were discussing the other month in oh, Brazil. Brazil, I think yeah. it was, weren't it? Yeah, you know, where something's crashed, and it doesn't have to be an alien craft. It could be a drone. If a drone crashes into your house, you've still been yeah hit by you've been injured in a UAP experience. Yeah. So again, I think this is a case of he knows. If he, he's being very cagey with his words. Yeah, but yeah, and if he puts it in a certain way, people are just going to jump to conclusions. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to make the occlusion, um, make the connection for him. It's easy to hide behind the information is too sensitive. If there is no information, or you're exaggerating the little information you have, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing. It's it's really difficult to tell because he could have lots of information but can't reveal it because it's classified and he's still held by that or, or this could just be his chance to like you know be in the exactly, spotlight exactly this could all be the delusions of a crazed American yeah uh, officials <clears throat> officials must establish a safe and transparent reporting process some lawmakers and witnesses pushed the federal government to establish clear channels to communicate UAP information with both the public and the military and said the military should establish a comprehensive report uh, reporting process for unidentified object sightings. Ryan Graves, a former Navy pilot, told the panel that military pilots do not feel adequately briefed on UAPs, which he said leaves them unprepared to respond to UAP encounters. The former Navy pilot claimed that commercial airline pilots have spotted UAPs too. There has to be a safe and transparent reporting process for pilots both on the commercial side and the military side to be able to report UAPs, Garcia said. Uh, Virginia Fox echoed the calls for more transparency. She noted that Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, <laughs> yeah, try saying that a lot, <laughs> had previously told Congress that there was no credible evidence of extraterrestrial life. Grush objected to Kirkpatrick's claim, prompting Fox to say that contradiction is a perfect example of why we need to inject transparency into our government. Mm-hmm. 
am I being too cynical if I say that governments only work because of a lack of transparency? The whole thing is basically just smoke and mirrors and only operates because of constant contradiction. Our governments only operate because of constant contradiction and smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Because if they were transparent, we'd know that they're all criminals on the make. Yeah. But, yeah. most too most much shady shit for, going much shady for, shit. for them to be honest about it. Well, all we've got to do is look at something quite recent like Brexit right you have one group claiming one thing another group claiming something completely different however the much they drill down into certain aspects of it one would claim one thing the others would claim the other the general public like us mm, don't really know what's going on and that could be said for all government activities you can't take any government or any politician at their word no. because they lie as naturally as breathing. That's how they get to what they get well, it's to. Like that's every time they said we're going to spend however much on the NHS. £250 and then, million and, pounds a week on the NHS. And then the next day go, oh no, we're not going to actually do no, that. No, no, we never said that. It's on the it's bus, on the mate. Bus, We've yeah. got video footage on the bus. It was on the TV, everywhere. And in any other sort of job or any other situation, if you lie that openly, if you lie that, that's gross misconduct yeah. and you're out on your ear. But it's just normal. Yeah. So, so that's why it's no longer a case of fixing the system. The system is working exactly as intended. Yeah, we need to get rid of the system. built like that. Yeah. The whole thing needs to be torn down and restarted with politics. I'm trying very hard not to get up on a pulpit here, but politicians who are on minimum wage and only serve I don't know, a 12 month term. And that during that time, they can't take other jobs. They can't do after dinner speaking. They can't be the, the non-executive director of a fucking company. They have to earn minimum wage and they, you know, everything has to be transparent and honest right from the start. And that has to be maintained because otherwise you can't trust your government. I think the biggest illusion is that Labour hate Conservatives and Conservatives hate Labour, but they don't. The mainstream Labour Party are just Conservatives in red ties. Forget the policies. They only exist because of the other. Yeah. Yeah. They only exist to call the other wherever the others are liars These days, yeah the modern parties modern parties aren't they, they are literally just opposed to one another everyone yeah. in there all the people at the top are there to make a career for themselves doing politics but that's the point of it right that is the whole point that is the whole point of, of the, the current system in yeah is that's not the point of politics it's modern politics modern politics yeah. in theory you shouldn't have politicians running the country Joe Bloggs should be running the country yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, it should be like like jury duty. You get called up, and it's like right for the next twelve months, uh, the government will foot your bills. You are going to be you'll, you'll do a test, an aptitude test. It'll go yeah. okay, right. Your aptitude is you're going to be chancellor of the exchequer, and you'll have a team of professionals. But the people running the show should be Joe Blogs off the street who live the who live normal. that everyday life. You know they know the stuff because they are the common man. Rishi fucking Sunak doesn't know what it's like to go to a shop and have your card decline. Well, that's why because I he's think a multi-millionaire. His family are multi-millionaires. That's why I think when Nico Omolana ran for... I mean, the guy's a sociopath, but he had the right idea. Yeah, and he's come from a normal background, normal school, dropped out of uni, like all that sort of stuff. He knows what it's like, and although now he's probably a millionaire... Yeah, he's quite wealthy now. He grew up just like any one of us. And you that's need why I think normal people he, running things. Yeah, and I think that's why having people like that go for it yeah. would work so much better than people yeah, that have gone I mean, through. They've just you know. they've just given out a hundred new North Sea oil drilling licenses. 
which is fucking insane. The country, the, the world is literally on fire. Yeah. Because we're burning too much, too many fossil fuels. And yeah, and I know there is going to be someone who's going to email us and tell me to dig deeper into this. I'm not digging any deeper into it, okay? I've seen the world on fire, buddy. Don't at me on this. Um, we're not digging for oil. <laughs> we're not doing any digging. That's the problem. <laughs> um, and why is he doing that? Because the oil companies pay fuck tons of money. Yeah. yeah. The, the fucking the wind farm companies don't because they don't make money. They're in it to generate electricity in a safe, renewable way that's not going to make the world uninhabitable in two generations. Yeah. Rishi Sunak doesn't care because two generations, he'll be dead and buried and will have died in a fucking gold-plated coffin. Moving on. Do you think that <clears throat> there really is no communication between the Pentagon and the military? <laughs> oh, fuck off. Isn't it more <laughs> plausible that the heads of these organisations are working together but the pertinent information just doesn't trickle down to the bottom rung and for the ladder. Oh, yeah. I think they were working the, together. There's literally the organisation, the Joint Chiefs, yeah. which is the heads of all these different branches. They get together, they have their powwows and their chinwags, they drink brandy and they, they go to the fucking golf club. And, yeah, that information, they're they are in the know, but obviously they don't pass that down to matey at the bottom of the chain. Because matey at the bottom of the chain is dispensable and not important enough to know. Exactly. Yeah. And if they come across a say an alien craft and they get blown out of the sky doesn't matter there's also there's also an operational thing there's a more sensible side to it if you're filling all your head new recruits heads with the danger of these uaps that's you know you tell anyone oh yeah while you're out flying watch out for weather balloons strato cumulus clouds commercial airliners and et in his fucking spaceship the moment they get up there any flashing light is going to be et in his spaceship and you're going to get don't forget, a lot of these are Americans. So the first time they see something, oh my god, that's an alien, Fox 2, Rico 4, pow, missiles, miniguns, they're going to be blowing up 747s. Yeah. Um, or fucking weather balloons and basically causing merry hell for everybody. So they, don't, they tell them just enough to do their jobs. They don't tell them there's aliens flying around or you know, UAPs flying around because then people go, they're, they're aliens or that's Russian spies in super-powered planes. And then that's what they're focusing on rather than flying their aeroplane, doing their recon, not shooting down commercial airliners. Speaking of Russia, have they really <laughs> shot themselves in the foot by going to war with, with the Ukraine? On so many levels. Because, like, on a kind of, this talk an alien yeah, level, yeah. right? Because... Let's <laughs> try not to veer too much back into politics. Yeah. Um, it gets me all wound up. Yeah, I know. It's like you come to life for like three minutes. Yeah. Knackered um, now. Until they went to war with Ukraine, no one really knew what they were capable of. No. A lot of this, the fear of UAPs was it could be China, it could be Russia, they, yeah. this could be technology that's had way advanced Way about. in advance of anything we've yeah. got. But Russia have kind of shot themselves in the foot because they've shown the world that they don't have this. They they've don't drawn have a lot of attention to themselves. Yeah. But if they hadn't, the world would kind of still not just fear their nukes, but fear what, what other stuff they might they possibly have. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. now they've, they've shown that they've tipped their hand and everyone knows that they were bluffing the entire time. And China had just sat there like, haha, it was awesome. Oh, we? You saw Siri. <laughs> Uh, stigma associated with sightings silences possible witnesses so what's his name from fucking Team America mm. I watched the everything wrong with Team America the other day and, and uh, what's his name Kim Jong Un Kim Jong Un 2 3 I can't remember which one it was but the one that's one dead now 
when he sings his little song. So lonely. I mean, that's not racist, so is it? <laughs> it's okay. That's why I gave him the look. Yeah. It's 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 uh, the guys from South Park. So if you're quoting oh. something of theirs, you can't be racist. <laughs> <laughs> Some witnesses and lawmakers at the hearing argued that the stigma associated with reporting UFO sightings, as well as the alleged harassment of those who work to investigate them, may be hindering efforts to determine their origins. Graves told the panel that stigma silences pilots who fear professional repercussions, which he said is compounded by recent government claims questioning the credibility of eyewitness testimony. The Federal Aviation Administration has no mechanism for pilots to report UAPs and instead directs them to civilian groups that are often dismissed as the domain of cranks and conspiracy theorists. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Those institutional hurdles that led Graves to form a first-of-its-kind group that pushes for policy changes, serves as a hub for pilot whistleblowers and advocates for more disclosure by the military and other government agencies. Lawmakers said they hoped the hearing could help assuage pilots' fears of speaking out. This, he this hearing will not be the end of this discussion, but a new chapter and start. We should encourage more reporting and more study of UAPs, Garcia said. The more we understand, the safer we are. Considering the fact that the things we discuss on synchronicities and touching in general have had a bad PR campaign over the last 50, 60 years mm. as part of the, you know, aforementioned smoke and mirrors. <laughs> Do you think a legitimate government-run reporting and cataloging entity could ever exist? I mean, it could. Because they have, the, they have the, the, the off the books departments doing this of course they do and departments that give that they give them fancy names and what have you but everyone in the organizations knows that they're the ones looking for aliens they're looking for et it would make sense because if a government did it and funded it and ran it properly um then why wouldn't it be you know it would just be the same as any other government department investigating something you know people 50 well maybe more than that 100 years ago Renewable energy sources were the domain of cranks, crackpots, and weirdos. Now, anyone with half a brain knows that that's the future. Of course. Because yeah. we can see that they work. So, it's just like with any other fringe science. It's only fringe until it's brought into the mainstream yeah. and thoroughly investigated. Then either it's dismissed because it's been properly investigated and no, it was a crackpot theory or it didn't play out the way it was supposed to. Or, oh, actually, no, yeah, there's something to this. And then it becomes accepted and it... You know, 50 years down the line it's normal yeah so yeah absolutely I think it, it can and should exist okay bear that in mind considering the fallout of the pandemic in some quarters do you think people would believe the announcement of extraterrestrial life no no me neither absolutely not but I think there would be the true believers the ones that have always believed will yeah. just jump and walk all over it right yeah. yeah the the people sort of thought there were um what do they think that was in the... Uh, oh, the fucking trackers. The trackers, trackers whatever it was. And they'll never believe. You no. could literally walk an alien into the room and they'll tell you that... It's you, a man in a mask. Or you've dosed them with LSD or something, right? Yeah. But the general people in the middle of that, I'm not necessarily They'd sure. They'd probably go 50. It would depend on the type of evidence that was offered. If it was a grainy fucking gun camera picture like a lot of them are at the moment, then... 
people go, oh, no, it's a weather balloon. It's yeah. this. It's light reflection. It would depend on how much information they're provided with. I yeah, think. what information, how much of it was provided. And if it was then followed up by, like, literally a fucking grey on the White House lawn shaking hands with Joe Biden. A CGI. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's going to be people that would well, dismiss it regardless. Like, oh, it's in the vax. And there are people it's who think... Oh, come on, you you can't you can't please all the people all the time. No, I because tried, there are but people who literally <laughs> there are people who literally think the Earth is flat. Yeah, and when you're dealing with stupidity of that level, open-mindedness of that level. If you open your mind too far, your brain falls out. As Tim Minchin said. As Tim Minchin said, um, their brains have clearly fallen out and off the edge of the disc. So yeah, there there are people in the world. There are people in the world who believe that. Uh, well, there were people who believed that a train going past a cow would make its milk turn sour. Yeah. That doesn't happen. It's never happened in the history of the world. But there were people who believed that. Now we know that that was bullshit. Or that if you travelled by train, you'd go insane. Or that if someone took your photo, they stole your soul and you would die. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had my photo taken a lot in my life and yeah. I ain't dead yet. And yeah, you didn't selfie. start with a soul, though, did you? No, I'm not ginger. Sure. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, could an independent, professional, and well-funded organisation ever collect and analyse enough evidence to break the stigma? So, so government yeah. aside, like if Bezos, Musk, some other rich cunts, all got together <laughs> and did take worthwhile with all their money. put a billion in, in each, built like a like a big, big old professional building, like I don't know that place the Avengers hang out. <laughs> and got not just like true believers but like leading Actual scientists, scientists. And, and thought leaders and yeah and put them all in this building and was just like look here's all the information we've got look at it analyse it see what you come up see with see what you come up if with if they came up with okay there is life out there mm. and it's not crazy or crackpot A do you think enough people would uh, like believe them and B, do you think that would finally get rid of the stigma? Or do you think the stigma is necessary for the know. government to keep... I, it, it would I give it some of it. I kind of think that a lot of the knowledge is already there. Yeah, in it's like just not in the right hands. And all that lot, and that, yeah. that's why it's so secret, because if they didn't have anything, What's it wouldn't secret? exist, yeah. So I think that yeah, a lot of the information... It makes it sound like fucking Tim Fall hat where he was lunatics <laughs> when we say stuff like but, that. Uh, but I think that there, there's enough information for them to be worried about how that information would yeah. affect everyday people because if, it, if, if the information was entirely innocuous and it didn't <laughs> I'm trying hard not to sound like a lunatic but my brain's not I can't I can't word properly today oh if there's one place you can sound like a lunatic it's here on synchronicities <laughs> if if the information is so innocent why don't they release all of it unedited yeah exactly you know, uh, by, by all means, keep back the stuff that, that is national, uh, genuine national security concerns, things like that. We don't need to see that. But if they, if if the information is that safe, that innocent, just release it into the world. Everyone can look at it and make their, make up their own minds. Yeah. At the end of the day, unless the aliens are actually going to have a direct impact on our day to day lives, most people won't care. They won't. It'll be a big deal for six months, and then it'll all blow over, and it'll be like, yeah, great, okay, so there are aliens out in space. I've still got to pay my bills. Right. I've still got to get up for work on time. But to be fair, there is a war going on in Ukraine, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're like, all... and that was a big deal for six months, yeah. and it's now like the most of the world doesn't care. It's like with COVID as well. For a while, everyone was really fearful, and then they just was like, I'm bored of it now. Uh, yeah, I want to get back to Can you imagine there was a time so... during COVID that 
the majority of people feared that we would never get back to this yeah, way yeah. of living. There was never yeah. going to be any. We were never going to return to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Here here we, we yeah. Here we are. And it's know. still very much a thing. It's still very much a thing. Yeah. Stigma-wise, though, like it's my belief that the stigma of not just like aliens, but the paranormal, cryptids, all these other things, it's all propagated by governments and by scientists yeah. and people to kind of make the true believers look like look crackpots crazy. right yeah. so no one ever takes them seriously now for all the evidence and everything else can we break that stigma because that stigma is what allows the government to do whatever the government wants to do and then go huh, you really think we got aliens in area 51 you are fucking nuts yeah Joe when, Biden sniffs children. What? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that stigma allows them to operate in the shadows. Yeah. Right? Could we ever break that stigma? If, well, the thing is, the stigma is artificially maintained. As you just said, it's it's official entities Yeah, but the minute generate that an independent organisation come out and they're like, look, we connected A, B and C and then look, these aliens. Yeah. The government will come out and be like, yeah, well, there's no... Like the guy here, like the Pentagon guy, yeah. is like, no, there's no, there's absolutely no evidence of anything. I think, and then again, you got contradiction, which allows the government to keep doing what yeah, they want to do. It's difficult to gauge how far the the stigma has genuinely penetrated, because whilst on a professional level and publicly, people might say, "I don't believe in ghosts," "I don't believe in Bigfoot," "I don't believe in aliens," that doesn't necessarily represent what they actually believe. Because I oh, like all them people that were like, no, pfft, Trump, and then they got in that little room, and, and then they got the in Trump that little, one. yeah, oh, okay, exactly. Because people will say one thing's one thing publicly because that's what is expected of them. That is what is required to fit in with the norm. So if if everyone around them says, no, we don't believe in aliens. Oh, I don't believe it because it comes from on high. No, no, aliens don't exist. Only cranks and weirdos I think a lot believe of people... in aliens. Because they can't figure it out, they don't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, there, there so, is that as well. A large portion of the population kind of dismisses it. Again, so you, ask them, so you ask if they believe in ghosts or whatever, and they're like, no. That uh, goes back to the contradictory nature of government and other things, though, <laughs> like Brexit. All I've ever heard since Brexit is, well, they didn't tell us that. Yeah. yeah. And, well, no, they didn't. They, did they didn't a, tell you that, because that would have been bad for their campaign. They looked at the country as a whole and were like, right, the majority of people were angry about... Um, not refugees. Uh, immigration. Immigration, right? So we're going to build this in our entire campaign yeah. about around controlling immigration, controlling immigration, stopping immigration. We're not even going to. We're not going to get into the fifty million other things that Brexit's <laughs> yeah. going to get into because that's just going to confuse. That's going to confuse them. We're going to yeah, but, like but how, not how the how right kind of confusion. Like no. that's going to really confuse them. Yeah. What we need to do is confuse them about how we're going to stop people from coming here and taking their jobs. They had their flagpole things, and and it was racism and and xenophobia was was where they pinned. That's what they pinned to the mast yeah. for their whole campaign because they picked the thing they knew was not just something that was on a lot of people's minds because they'd been feeding that narrative. Again, of we're course. back to narratives. Yeah. They'd been feeding that narrative to Joe Public for decades. Through the media and for everything yeah. else. And then they were like, not only is it something that they're already aware of and a lot of people already believe in some mean manner or form, but it's also an inflammatory subject. It gets people riled up and we can whip them into a frenzy. And they end up focusing on that one... Yeah, and you get thing. that mob mentality going. And the mob is only as clever as the dumbest person in it. Well, that's the thing, like, how many people voted leave and then was confused as to why 
they couldn't easily get to their Spanish villa. Yeah. Or go on holiday as easy. Oh, I voted like leave so because uh, voting leave meant there were going to be less foreigners here. But they I didn't think it was going to affect me doing yeah. what I wanted to do. It's like, that's because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because you're a racist piece I of mean, shit. if but, you've... Mm-hmm. Question time, the programme, is the perfect example, right? I can't watch that programme. It makes me so angry. <laughs> you, you watch it, you start the thing and then you think right the topics this week are going to be a b and c yeah and then they start talking about it and by the end of the program <laughs> you're so confused by all the arguing of like one side saying oh we did this the other side saying no you didn't we're gonna do this yeah that by the end of it you're <coughs> you're more confused as to where each party stands because they're most most of the time they're just trying to argue points that make no sense yeah. there's a lot of deflection and things like that yeah, no, exactly. they never give a straight they know answer. how to bamboozle people yeah as like I said there's no honesty but no transparency that's how it works if, if we had transparency in government if we had transparency at all the entire country would fall apart it would yeah but that's, that's not a bad thing no because I'm all for it I'm all for it the is, is so wrong that it needs to fall apart to be re- put back together yeah. properly in a way that benefits Yeah, but this everyone. is what I'm saying. I'm all for it. I'm all for, like, tearing could, down yeah, the system. Yeah, you could maintain system. the status quo if people, if the government and people but in charge were honest. This is why there will never, ever, ever be transparency. Yeah. It's because then the, the general members of the public, our cast, will look at it and go, huh, so, like, nothing yeah, you've told us. The whole thing... For is, 30 years is true. It's it's all a, a veneer of civilization, and the moment you have transparency and realise that the people running the show actually they aren't just not following those guidelines; they are actively subverting them and breaking the law as they see fit. Well, it kind of has a ripple down effect in society. It's like, well, if they can break the law and if they can do this, why can't I? So then, and you get to the point where we're almost at that point now, where huge swathes of society not only have no respect for the people in charge, but they have no respect for the rule of law as it is. So they just do what they want. Mm. And when you reach a certain point, either governments collapse or, you know, you end up in some kind of fucking civil war, which this country has had plenty of, for the same thing, where the government did what it wanted, oppressed the lower classes to the point where they went, no, fuck this, a figurehead arose, and then you have fucking, the country is divided, like the roundheads and the, the, the cavaliers. Yeah. All these various wars over the history because people in, at the top will get away with as much as they can, and then they get blasé with it because they think they're invincible, continue to do it, and then the masses rise up. I mean, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. We need, we need a French Revolution. Eat just one politician. Just mob and eat one politician or one rich person and watch the rest of them fall into line. UFO spotted accelerating <laughs> to supersonic speeds. This is the last one. Okay, because like, we're, ba- we're almost out of time. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, David Fravor, a former... Yeah, don't worry about my time. I'll just, I'll just do whatever <laughs> okay. I need to do. <laughs> All right, we're not almost out of time yeah. then. David Fravor, a former... Navy commander said he and three fellow military pilots spotted a white tic-tac shaped object in 2004 hovering below their jets and just above the Pacific Ocean. As he descended to inspect the sighting he claimed the unidentified aircraft which he said bore no visible rotors, wings or exhaust began to ascend and approach his fighter jet. (coughs) He claimed that the UAP then vanished 
only to reappear a few seconds later, but this time it was spotted 60 miles away. Fravor told the committee that the technology he and his team encountered defies logical explanation. The technology that we faced is far superior to anything that we had, uh, Fravor claimed, and there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. Having seen this footage, I can't say 100% that the Tic Tac object isn't an alien vessel. What's your take on it? Uh, again, I can't say clearly one way or the other. I didn't see it with a naked eye. No. Yeah. Like I said, this is this is a gun cam, which is not intended for, to capture you know stuff to prove the existence of aliens or not. So I can't say one way or the other. It's if it does what he said, because even the footage that they've released is still just an excerpt of the whole oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. If it does exactly what him and his team reported did, there is no known technology, human yeah. technology that can do that. So it's got. There's got to be, be it uh, the the fucking Illuminati, the lizard people, there's got to be some aliens. sort of other explanation. Yeah, it's got to be an other. Yeah. So. And then there's a lot of video footage <clears throat> of things that move in that sort of way or disappear and reappear and stuff like that. But like you say, it's never clear enough. No. And. If there's without so a full picture, you can't. You can only infer. Yeah. So it's like if you if you're that way inclined, you say yes, that's proof of aliens. If you're not that way inclined, you you tend to oh, well, I don't know. I I believe personally I that I have a dream. Whether they whether it's aliens or whatever. <laughs> I, believe I can't that, sing this week, so I'm just speaking the lyrics. I I believe that there is probably something else out there because the universe is so fucking big so far. Oh, yeah, it we, doesn't make sense that we're the only planet with livable we're, we're, on we're, it. we are very pro yeah. there is other life and, and oh, yeah. we've always sort of taught at school like well we can't live on this planet because we need air to breathe and we need that and we need this but it doesn't mean that other things can't adapt to that sort of life it can't have evolved to have lived yeah so there. I do th- I do think that there is something else out there's there a, there's a, I just think it's the most arrogant perspective to have is like in this vast almost infinite infinite universe we have we are the only yeah, intelligent uh, life we're not that special shops. are we Carl Sagan Carl Sagan I That's don't know Carl Sagan quote I don't know yeah. I just there's a there's a there's a calculation I can't remember what it's the, Brown, the Browning calculation or something and it basically works out the number of uh, earth like planets yeah. yeah in the known galaxy in the observable galaxy and there's X amount of hundred thousand of yeah. them or something yeah. that have the have the right conditions to generate life as we know it. Yeah. But well, then, the thing, you know, we, there are we, other forms of life. We're, we're only really taught about our solar system. Yeah. And within those, we couldn't live on. We couldn't live. Yeah, we couldn't live others. on any of the other like planets in the solar but system. But it doesn't mean we couldn't on another one. Even if like there's another planet with dinosaurs on it. Yeah. Because they haven't evolved the way we have. Yeah. Or, we're not saying that they're all like, a planet they're all fucking full of ETs, fucking chickens but, or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. There could there be, other life forms. And there, there's things, probably things out there that we'll never fully understand how they live. I mean, fucking octopi, man. Yeah. What the fuck are they all about? Oh, exactly. <laughs> fucking jellyfish. <laughs> fucking, fucking jellyfish! No, aliens don't exist. <laughs> fucking jellyfish, man! Jellyfish. Fucking jellyfish! Um, from what I've seen, read, or heard in the past, military pilots, commercial and private pilots, have seen a lot of UAPs. 
some of the sightings must have merit, right? Just yeah. from the sheer amount of yeah. it. So the sheer volume, even if and you can write off of 99%. People, yeah. Of all the people that are going to get a close, closer look, yeah. it's that's, them. <laughs> that's the thing, right? There are, there, there are certain professions in the world who I have, I have a very high degree of respect for. Pilots yeah. rank right there at the top. Oh, yeah. Because it's not something I could do. No matter how much, much time I spend playing No Man's Sky yeah, and, and so. flying my little spaceship through the cosmos, there's no fucking way I have the ability to fly but it's an airplane. The, the responsibility and things oh, like that. So. Yeah, like you have to put trust in them, and then if they're saying, "Well, I saw this," I kind of believe. That's them. that's the thing, you know. They go up there, they they log hundreds of hours flying and seeing all these various things, and you expect me to believe that they can't tell the difference between a sun dog on their canopy yeah. or a fucking a seven four seven or a weather balloon and something genuinely unexplainable yeah well, I, I find it mate. interesting as well that there seems to be types of areas that seem to have more activity like like with Helia when they're, yeah. when they're talking about there are these areas that have like that. are these hot spots yeah from people I, that wouldn't know yeah that's what I find the strangest is you get these reports from completely unrelated sectors of weirdness happening within a certain geographical location it's, yeah it's usually like mountains and places yeah. like that and they they there's also the sort of like theories of aliens that have been here for years and years and years but they've gone into the earth yeah, gone underground. And there was the... Just like Jamiroquai. <laughs> Into the caves. There, there was the, the theory or folklore or whatever of, I think it was the Suffolk Green Children or something. Yeah. And there was the, the, the two children that just sort of appeared one day. They were green and they said that they had lived underground. and. Which again, all supports my argument that they're not aliens. They're uh, ultra terrestrial, ultra terrestrials, and they're what we would understand as fae or, or yeah. fairy folk. Because it's like the, these sort of people. They were like, "Well, how did you live underground? You need the sun and that." And they they were talking about like these green crystals and stuff. Yeah. Which obviously could be like a story. It could be true. It could be partly true. Like it was so long ago that you look at the old stories of, of uh, elves and fairies and stuff, and people that have gone through to their kingdoms. Yeah. And they describe alien vessels and alien planets yeah but they've gone through they've gone into a cave or yeah. they've gone through a fucking fairy ring well, or something the like that weren't meant to have gone underground yeah a lot of people, <laughs> there was a lot of the stories of mayans leaving yeah they disappeared out into space or wherever but then there's the other theory of well, no, they just went into inside the earth and a lot of them there. south american ancient civilizations a lot of their myths and their laws are that everything they had was brought was brought from the by, stars. Yeah. yeah, all came from aliens. What were they called? The Tenanaki? Something like that. There's a, there's no, a, uh, that's the type of uh, Chinese food. No, that's teriyaki. Oh, Anunnaki. 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 Yeah. Uh, I knew what you were getting you know, at. I was just being a dick. I know. <laughs> They're, they are the central godlike being of all yeah. a lot of them old South American, a lot of them places that built the big things that are like, like landing platforms. Yeah, yeah, they believe that they are all bought here. You go, you go back and look at any countries like native myths and that, and they are so, uh, the Bible. I, I say this is a very smooth segue. Well, I, I like how this oh, could I've segue got, into. I got one more question. Then. I okay. like how this could segue into both. Could segue either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, on this subject of UAPs, do you believe any nation on Earth could have secret tech that could be getting spotted whilst testing? Mm. Yes, with a condition. Right. That condition being that 
they got that from somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. They didn't I, 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 I don't rule out the fact that at least some of these UAPs are, you know, government US, not Russian now, as we've seen, but like Japanese, Chinese, even our own for fuck's yeah. sake. Um, what do they call it? Reverse engineered. Yeah. Reverse yeah. engineered technology that they're trying out, you know, testing uh, for, for future development or whatever. Uh, so I absolutely believe it some of these could be put down to terrestrial influences but reverse engineered from technology from other from the others i think i'm just gonna start referring to everything as the other others. these days because it's easier rather than quantifying that it's not, aliens not but not aliens it might be fairies from now on we just film. we just <laughs> we just called it all high strangeness and it's all high strangeness and they're all ultra terrestrials um I have got notes on the last one, but I don't know if I know Amy's got notes. I don't know if she wanted to. Um, I'm easy. Oh, which which one are we going? Are we going to jump in straight into the Wendigo one? Well, shall I shall I do mine quickly? Do your do your well, because well, we segued nicely into it. In, yeah. Um. So <laughs> <laughs> she's about to do a Reggie, and she's going to read something, but, but she I've, wrote this I've herself. So. Uh, Oh, I see. I can't. No, this no blokes or anything in this one. Oh, damn. <laughs> Just don't take it too seriously. Right. Remember okay. to the microphone is over there. That's what you're talking to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I want to start this section with a quote by Tim Minchin. Mention him again. <laughs> from his from his song Ten Foot Cock and a Few Hundred Virgins." Which is a jam. By it's the way, it's really good. If you haven't listened to it, you should. If you're a religious person, you might want to pop out for about five minutes. So there has been a lot of talk about UFOs and aliens in the news lately which made me think back to something that I was reading about a while ago, which is about how Jesus was an alien. So I decided to delve further into this theory. Rabbit holes galore, mate. Yeah. And, and I, I could have gone on about this for... This, this is an episode on this, its own. This, this is just a small snippet. There's so much. <coughs> um, so firstly, there is a theory where Jesus, Jesus is thought to have come here from another planet and impersonated a first century Jewish male as he couldn't have anyone discovering who he really was or where he'd come from. This could explain how he could predict the future, how he could perform miracles, and how he could resurrect from the dead. Or maybe as he was born here, he didn't even know his true identity, which made the belief of him being God's son even stronger as he believed it himself. Nowadays, with the existence of cameras, phones, video recorders, it has been easier than ever to capture and share footage of UFOs than ever before, but way back then they didn't have anything like that. But what they did have were paintings. So I have a couple of paintings which could show proof that Jesus was an alien and that he arrived here via a UFO. Here is exhibit A. She we'll has be, handouts. We'll be, share, we'll be sharing. She has handouts and this will all be shared uh, on, on, the, on the socials, media. guys, so that you can look at this and judge for yourselves. Here is exhibit A, which is the Annunciation with Saint Amedeus by Carlo Crivelli in 1486 which shows the archangel gabriel on his way to tell virgin mary that it, she is to bear a child a moment known as the annunciation gabriel has been distracted by a bishop saint on his way to tell her yo mary my my boy god thinks you're leng <laughs> so therefore you're going to be his baby mama but you see a circular shape in the sky with a light beaming down and into mary's head this could be just the clouds opening up for god to do the deed well, that's UFO, and they beamed a baby up inside her. <laughs> I love how you write this, but you can't read it. They beamed a baby up inside her. Yeah. Because she is Leng. She is Leng. She is Leng, fam. Okay, next is Exhibit B. 
We do like our little handouts here. Yeah. Which is the painting Madonna and Child with the infant St. John, which is nicknamed Madonna del UFO and <laughs> Our Lady of the Flying Saucer. It was painted in the 15th century and depicts the Madonna with the infant Christ and St. John the Baptist. Above Mary's shoulder, you can see an object in the sky which looks a lot like a UFO. You can also see a man in the background staring up at it while his dog barks in its direction. There are many other paintings with shepherds looking up at the sky at a luminous cloud, with an angel emerging from it, and art historians believe that although there is no angel, it is showing the same cloud. Funny looking cloud, in my opinion. Mm. These are just two examples of paintings that show UFO-like objects from around this time, but there are many, many more. So therefore, I believe that Jesus was in fact an alien. So Stirring, yeah. stirring uh, so what are your thoughts on there? Uh, Jesus being an alien? It would make a lot more sense. I mean, every episode of Ancient Aliens revolves around, like, <laughs> how the gods all came to Earth. They were all the aliens. Yeah. Like, there's a place in Jerusalem. Um, they've got, like, this special building that all the Muslims love. But in there, there's they've got, like, they've kept this piece of ancient rock. Yeah. And that, that's apparently where Muhammad was taken up into, into the stars. Yeah. And so, like... It was the first alien abduction, like the most famous alien abductee. Well, there's definitely a link. And I'm not sure he was abducted. I think they believe that he he came to Earth, he did what he did, and then he went. Well, then he went home. home. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And it could be the same with Jesus being, like he did what he needed to do. Mm. And And you look at wait, is it is it what's the book called? Pass Passport to Patagonia. Yeah. Um, It's not the easiest read in the world, but that. Uh, cites various different sources, biblical references, like Old Testament references, classical paintings like these yeah, this... that seem to depict interactions not only with, uh, you know, like mythical biblical creatures, but also fully mythical creatures, dragons and and unicorns and that sort of shit, but also with aliens as well. Yeah. Okay. And it kind of blurs the lines between the Fae and the uh, the aliens. But yeah, you look at things like that. That I mean that. If there, you there saw, if that was a photo, there is a yeah, close-up. That that that's a UFO. Yeah, yeah there is a close-up. Or the flying well. spaghetti monster. It's one of the two. Definitely, like it's not a cloud. No, like, it's absolutely not a cloud. And there are so many more. There's ones where there's just loads and loads of like disc-like shapes in the sky. Yeah. There's ones where think, there's things coming down on the side, which are meant to be angels, but maybe angels but are UFOs. Like, yeah, and then you look I at think, the descriptions, biblical. Pardon me, biblical Old Testament description of aliens. Well, it's like when Jesus, they're horrific. <laughs> it's like when Jesus was born. They followed a star they followed a star the that, that happened star. to point them it's like uh maybe, what have we got maybe what we know that does that yeah maybe it was a ufo with lots and lots of lights on it yeah and a ufo going here Cause Leng, they, here because they they wouldn't have cakes. looked up at that and gone it's fucking ufo it's fucking ufo they'd be like oh stars are in the sky yeah so it's like as much as like this is written in a silly way i do think that there is that is a, i i think a lot of what it's very of, possible. A lot of biblical references, a lot of religious references, they aren't referring to, to angels and demons. They're referring to, <laughs> because I'm a crackpot, they're referring to aliens and fey creatures. Yeah. Whether well, they be one or the same, one and the same or completely different, but... That first painting, I disregard number A. What, Ling? I... Because it's, it's in so you open. See, you can see... It's when you zoom into it, there is little angels around the the light. Yeah. 
but I, I just really like the fact that just, it's beaming into her head. Yeah, yeah, it's so open to interpretation. Yeah. Though. In you've fact, got there's a, a dove there as well. Yeah. You've got to imagine, in that, back in them days, it's like how many options did you have to show that something was coming from yeah. the Heaven. stars and the heavens, right? Second one, that's an that that's, that's a UFO. That's yeah. a UFO. Yeah, but there, there was so I was going to write a bit more about some some other ones that were quite interesting, but I, I the I, sheer fact though that as a kid, your first concept of heaven and hell is heaven's up there, yeah, and yeah. hell is beneath us, right? Hell isn't beneath us. Like hell could literally be where we are. Yeah, but heaven. It's could above always you. be above you, yeah. right? And so you look up. What do you see? You see the stars. You see the stars. Yeah. You see the sky. You see space. Yeah. So it, yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely believe that that most of these these ideas of of angels and, and celestial beings are aliens. Yeah. Other, they are they are ultra terrestrial beings. They are not. They're not God and his fucking seraphim. Um, nice as as all of the the Abrahamic religions, their their imagery and their storytelling is, you know, and it's very evocative, and it's you know, the idea of, of demons and possessions and and aliens and all that shit, it's great, and it's very very gothic for storytelling and very powerful, but I think it's a complete misinterpretation of the facts, and it's it's again people in power taking what has been observed and using it. To, to, to transfer that power to themselves yeah. and establishing the Roman Catholic religion. Well, it's like back then, we, even now, like we don't understand no. what's going on, but definitely back then when... When you couldn't just take a picture of... Yeah, like they couldn't capture things, they couldn't research things, they, they would just see things and have to try and understand and it, was, it in it their basic knowledge. And it was all word of mouth yeah. and, and stuff all like all that. storytelling and pictures. It was all and, oral tradition, wasn't it, until yeah. this was all written down. Whereas now you can go online and like there's a tracker where you can search your postcode and all of the alien sightings around you are like UFO sightings. Oh yeah. And there's so many and then you can look into it and look at all the different pictures. I was, and I was reading pictures, a couple of freedom of information then, requests to uh, to the police, to Essex police, yeah. about UFOs and all these different sightings that people have phoned in. Yeah. And some of them you're like, okay, well that's clearly, they're talking about Starlink satellites. That's a Chinese lantern. Yeah. That one doesn't make any sense. And you just like stars and stuff like that. Yeah. You can you can read from the descriptions. Yeah. That okay. You can you can see just from these basic descriptions that's so and so and that's that. But some of them you kind of like well that okay that's a bit more interesting. But yeah, just just local stuff because I was looking to see if there was anything I could for this episode anything I could pull in around that. But they are all sort of typical police dispatch responses. So they're all very to the point and sensible and not very in-depth but <coughs> talking local do you know where I want to go and investigate I, talk, I told you about this before mm. there were two very high profile murders in Essex oh yeah, yes. yeah you said about ten that. years apart yeah there was well, I you can't, might have told me about I think it. I've I think told you about because he was going on about it the White House murders where the guy killed his entire family yeah and then the Essex murders where those drug dealers got murdered, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they are in almost the same part of Essex. Yeah. Ten years apart. It's like history repeating itself. Yeah. It's like sometimes yeah. things seem to bring a certain energy. I mean, it may have been that I just watched Helia, which revolves around how this one place has all these weird all this, yeah. things. I do and think, though, that the more you look into certain things, the more that your brain gets caught up in it. And yeah. you do see 
synchronicity. You start seeing these patterns. But yeah, yeah. I, I find that quite interesting. I would love to go out to either the the little country lane where the where the Essex boys got shot, or somewhere close to this farmhouse, and then do an investigation there because. I think we we'd get some results. That's a that's yeah. a special episode. That's a synchronicities episode right there. We could do that for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I need to pee. Cool. <laughs> We're travelling back over the seas again to the US of A. Well, northern US of A and uh, Canada around that border. <coughs> And we're going to talk about a very taboo subject, although not to us, because none of us are First Nation people unless yeah. we've been keeping it really well hidden. Getting suspicious eyes. <laughs> Despite your Irish. Pocahontas hairdo. <laughs> uh, and it's the Wendigo, which is a ridiculous name for a horrible monster. It is. To be honest. It's got like 87 other names that I found out in my Oh, God. Yeah. Different ways all unpronounceable. Yeah, all of them unpronounceable. Um, I've in my notes I've avoided any um, First Nation phrases where possible because there's, they a, are there's a lot of names linked to like the native communities or tribes yeah. or whatever and I don't even some of them it, I so can't pronounce I'm not going yeah, to I took all of them out on my notes <laughs> when I was writing them now I'll say this now I will get the shameless self-promotion out of the way most of my notes are taken are excerpts taken from the chapter in my upcoming book where I talk about the Wendigo in a lot more detail than this. What is um, your book called? Hasn't got a name yet. Okay. I colloquially, colloquially am referring it to, uh, referring to it as my monster book. Okay. Because that's basically what it, it was going to be. Uh, what was it? It was going to be um, cryptids, and then I was like, well, the main cryptid, the main thing I wanted to write about is Black Shark. It technically, isn't a cryptid. He's more of like a, a spirit potentially. Hmm, okay, but then there's other things I wanted to get into, like the Wendigo and things what like that. What about something like Black Shark, Wendigos, and sales kind of like the line, the witch in the wardrobe, but just like with different... <laughs> Shuck diff- the Wendigo and... And the... Assorted other. Assorted others, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I haven't got a title, an official title for it at the moment, but it's my monster book, and it's just basically anything that comes, that I feel fits under the, the heading of a supernatural monster. Okay. Which gives me a very wide scope to talk about stuff. There's um, so much. Yeah, and uh, Wendigos are, or sorry, it's not. It's not Wendigos. When you're talking plural, more than one Wendigo, it's a Wendigoag. Okay. Or Wendigoag. I'm not That's entirely a stupid sure. Name. Yeah. Well, it's. Well, it is for me to be able to try and pronounce. You it. heard that, uh, uh, Native <laughs> Americans? It's a stupid name. I don't. That's that's the I, Essex girls. Let's just try and pronounce it. <laughs> but so I have I have a blurb uh, on them. Uh, I have lots of information on them. Uh, this will basically be to anyone who doesn't know what Wendigo is or has only seen it in depicted in popular fiction. Because they become Until quite popular. Dawn, which is quite a... That counts as popular fiction, is, I think. Yeah, but I think... Because I was, I was looking into most of my researches on Until Dawn because I played it. Um, and <laughs> Which is a, a, a horror survival video game, yeah, I believe. Yeah, which is bloody good. But I looked into it because there was a lot of controversy around it because a lot of people were offended that it wasn't portrayed or like the information wasn't gathered from someone who has... A kind of like family or cultural yeah. um, connection to it. Just like the chapter in my book. <laughs> yeah, but h- however, um, apparently it is far more accurate than a lot, like the Stephen King um, 
can't remember what one it is. Yeah, it's one of them is a Wendigo. Yeah, and there's another one that that's quite recent as well, which is more of like a animal yeah. version, whereas these are more kind of. I'm assuming you're going to describe it. Well, we'll find out. Okay, we'll but, find but out. apparently we these ones notes. are a lot more accurate. Reggie, for this section, is mostly going to be sitting back, being educated, because he don't know about this stuff. I did. I did. I did. I got my. I got my notes in just in case I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little bit. So, the Wendigo, plural, Wendigoag, is a creature from Algonquin and other First Nation folklore that falls generally into two categories. Firstly, it is either an evil spirit given physical form, or it is a human possessed and deformed by an evil spirit. Uh, Descriptions of the creatures vary a lot. The size ranges from that of a man to something standing 40 foot or 12 meters tall. Uh, It can be a disembodied dark spirit, a mixture of human and deer-like features, a huge skeletal creature made of ice and snow, a walking corpse with grey or yellow pale flesh with patches of fur and stringy hair, dark deep-set eyes which sometimes may or may not glow like a smouldering coal, long oversized, long oversized arms ending in claws, no lips, large jagged fangs and a long dog-like tongue. So obviously there's a lot of different descriptions yeah. over the, the generations. I, from what I, my understanding is that the different villages or the different places during mm. that time period all had like, their own names and their own descriptions for yeah. it. But it was ultimately the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was all different <laughs> names for the same thing, different yeah. descriptions, different variations of the same theme. Like a lot of uh, folkloric stuff is. I like the ice monsters. The big, big frozen monsters of ice and snow. Because it makes it, yeah. me think of like Frozen though, with the ice monster that she. Made me We're clearly coming from very different standpoints here. <laughs> when you said it, that just popped his head, and I thought that's not scary. It made me think of the ice giants in Norse mythology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, what are they called? Oh, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, Jotun. Yeah, that's because they come from Jotunheim. Yeah. Uh, it's said they're said to hibernate for months or years at a time, emerging to feed. Uh, the translation of the name uh, is generally uh, along the lines of the evil spirit that devours mankind, or spirit of lonely places. Hmm. Which, you know, obviously there's no real direct translation because, as with a lot of these sorts of languages, there's a much deeper cultural meaning yeah. that you just can't translate. In, into English, basically, yeah. which is a very literal language. There's a theory that the initial tower of the Wendigo was used to uh, warn people about going into the woods on their own at night. Mm-hmm. So the spirit of the lonely places yeah. Yeah, that makes would sense. work for that. Yeah. Um, uh, the, now, obviously, the two iterations being, the, or the two main iterations being an evil spirit or a possessed person, uh, the evil spirit, some, focusing you know, some details on that sort of folklore, uh, some stories claim that being bitten or scratched by one of them will turn you into one. So sort of, you've got some zombie elements, zombie or vampire Where-wire. elements. Werewolf. Most common tales around the evil spirit uh, belief say that committing cannibalism mm-hmm. for any reason in any circumstances will cause you to turn. Uh, some say that even being in the presence of one is enough to corrupt you, which led to local tribes avoiding areas thought to harbour the creatures. Which harks back to what you yeah. were just saying, because 
you know, if you didn't want people going out to these lonely places, saying just going out there will turn you into one would be enough to make most people stay at home. Uh, dreams are very important to many First Nation peoples. Uh, and some of the, the tribes that hold these beliefs uh, beliefs believe that if the person dreams of a dark spirit or wendigo offering them food and in the dream they accept it, then it will turn out to be human flesh and that will corrupt the dreamer yeah. and turn them into a wendigo. It's not just those First Nation people that believe dreams are massively important. Mm. Aborigines, a lot. Yes. The majority of their beliefs revolve around dreams. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of Aboriginal peoples uh, put a lot more stock in dreams yeah. than, than most modern peoples do for whatever reason. Yeah, and obviously, know you know, shamanistic practices going into the, the, the trances and stuff like that, that was all tied into yeah. uh, the, the dream work and stuff that they did and they interpreted that sort of thing. It's pretty cool. I'm glad yeah. that we don't do that because I've had some fucked up dreams recently and Same. I could do without that. I've had some very strange dreams. Also, one the other night where I had to, I came, I was talking to Cody about something and I was like, listen, if I can't go out there and deal with this, this, I don't know what this was, with this, which was like some kind of modified super soaker, then I'm going to have to come back here and kill you all with a flamethrower. And you dreamt, didn't you dream about the button eyed people? Oh, the creepy button eyed people in Paris. And he, he literally I woke up in the, I woke up screaming in the middle of the night. I woke her up because something came out of this dark tunnel. We were staying somewhere and it was just like, oh, this door doesn't lock. And look, down there is the derelict corridor into like this shop in Paris. And the button-eyed people out there who were all creepy and weird, I was like, I don't trust any of them. And then Amy was just like, it's okay, just come back to bed and we'll be fine. And then this weird arm monster, shadow arm monster leapt out at me and I woke up screaming. Coming on the next episode of Synchronicities, <laughs> we go to the catacombs underneath Paris. <laughs> that's the thing, if it had been the catacombs, I'd have been okay, but this wasn't. This was just like weird. in a derelict row of shops where people lived, and oh, I was okay. all like, well, this is why I don't want to go to Paris, all right? <laughs> um, Not the romance. It's the, it's the, it's the button eye people. The romance, the button eye people, and the arm monsters. <laughs> uh, on the possessed person side, um, less sort of facts because a lot of these are. They're both sides of the both beliefs sort of thing. But one legend holds that a native hunting party became lost in the forest one winter, and in their desperation, one member of the party turned to cannibalism to survive, thus allowing dark spirits to overwhelm and corrupt him, creating the first Wendigo, and it then so spread. That's the from... very first ever. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was that was how it created. There's a lot of origin stories around that that are basically similar things, like a village was trapped in the snow yeah. and the villagers had to turn to cannibalism and that's, that gave birth to them and then they just propagate it by infecting and corrupting others yeah. to pass the curse on sort of thing. Um, it was so widespread, I mean this shows relatively recently, so widespread and ingrained in, in societal belief for a lot of these, these, these particular tribes. Uh, the Algonquin and, and Cree are the two that crop yeah. up most prominently. Uh, in 1907, Jack Fiddler, or to give him his full Cree name, and I can only apologise to any natives listening to this as I mangle this, to give him his full Cree name, Zawuno Gizigo Galbo, or He Who Stands in the Southern Sky, which, that's a really cool name. Yeah. That is pretty good. What I just did to it there was not cool. Uh, who was a shaman chief of the Sucker tribe, and his brother Joseph were arrested for the murder of Joseph's daughter-in-law the previous year. 
The two had killed her because they believed her to be on the verge of becoming a full-fledged Wendigo. Jack claimed to have defeated 14 Wendigo in his 18, 87 years of life. Uh, some, he believed, had been sent against his tribe by rival enemy shaman, whilst others, like Joseph's daughter-in-law, were people of his own tribe who had succumbed in some way. Uh, which is, I mean, that was 1907. Yeah. That's, okay, that's like 100 odd years ago, but that's... We're in civilised times at that point, you know. Yeah. <coughs> the, 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 the redoubt that we were talking about earlier was built and functional and we had soldiers there manning gun emplacements and doing sensible things. In Alberta, Canada in 1879, a Cree hunter uh, trapper named Swift Runner claimed a Wendigo spirit had entered his dreams and told him to eat his family. He was tried for murder, found guilty, and hanged for his crimes later that year. There you go. So that's yeah. what, 30 years before yep. that one? I know that these two guys, uh, I believe Jack escaped. Uh, his brother committed suicide before yeah. he could be before they could be hanged. Jack escaped but died whilst on the run and died before the official pardon which he received yeah. could be passed down so they both kind of died needlessly yeah. but, I did, uh, I've read that yesterday yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, that's a fascinating story there's a lot more too not just around this story but his life in general a lot of it was obviously captured by the authorities while he was being held in question for this um, and he's, by all means everyone go away and have a look at the, the Jack Fiddler story because it, he's, he had a fascinating life um, which I haven't been able to put down here or even in my chapter because it wasn't strictly related to what I was talking about. But yeah, um, we got to the abilities of uh, Wendigo and they have Wendigo Ag. Uh, they have some slightly terrifying ones, which actually have some crossovers into uh, Skinwalkers. Yeah. Um, which these, these guys seem to be the more acceptable cousin of the skinwalkers because skinwalkers you can't find out anything about from native americans because they just won't talk about it yeah skinwalkers yeah. are basically the original werewolf right yeah they're they're the from that side of the world yeah that's my that's where their werewolves came from my understanding yeah too yeah. scared to they won't even they, they won't even talk about them because yeah. it's it's so it's so societally taboo yeah to, to even mention the word and they get some of them get very angry with outsiders for talking about it. Yeah. Penny Dreadful <laughs> is a TV show, obviously, but it's set in like Victorian <laughs> Britain. Yeah, and it takes into account like all them, all of the old like what would become the Universal monsters. Yeah, but Josh Hartner is is the werewolf. Sorry, mm. spoilers. <laughs> but he's obviously he's American. Yeah, but he in the show he was raised by Native Americans uh, and so he's not technically a werewolf he's a skinwalker yes oh, okay. yeah so which I always thought was quite a a, a nice way of not just having like oh, standard werewolf it's yeah. like they actually brought some of that real world skinwalker yeah. Yeah. stuff into it because there's, there's another one of these, these I know we've said it before like stories and folklore from all over the world connecting back in very similar fashions yeah so where creatures uh they feature in you know, greek uh sort of prehistorical uh myths and and tales uh very sort of like the germanic side that deals with a lot of that as well there's a yeah. lot of, of that sort of thing but then obviously over here in the uk you have were rabbits were a thing for many years of were badgers and you know, 
they, people would shapeshift and they would attack villagers and what have you. Obviously, you've got the, the skinwalkers uh, of, of the US, of, of First Nations stuff there. Uh, I believe there's some for the, obviously, yokai and stuff like that over in Japan. They cover that whole thing yeah. there. They all have these sort of similar roots that have propagated around the world where there was no way of someone from the the the, the canadian american border before that yeah. was a thing communicating with these people over in the the the, the forests of germany but still they have <laughs> but they still the had these same folkloric stories these what, same tales and yeah. same monsters that's what i was going to say the the roots of all of what we consider to be the, like this world we're talking about today mm. all come from such ancient places that there was no connection no there was there was no physical way of these things being passed on because even if someone from high germany traveled across to to northern what would become northern america yeah. which at the time was not the world that didn't exist you know yeah. the new world didn't exist at that point in time oh mm. it, it was there but for you know, us as, as westerners it didn't exist and the vikings went there but I don't think anyone really knew the Vikings went there. No, they didn't pass on anything of that. Thousands of years later, yeah. Exactly. Um, go the other way around the world. You know, they had they had similar uh, tales of, of these, these shape-shifting monsters. But, you know, even if someone from, from Germany or a Viking had travelled to Japan to pass these on, ha- there was the language barrier. Language, yeah. Even if they could travel these thousands upon thousands of miles around to the other side of the world... And then not immediately kill each other on meeting. Yeah. How would they pass on these tales? Why would they pass on these tales? And let's be real. If you're traveling that far, you're meeting someone from a completely different culture. If you do find some way to communicate. Yeah. Talking about this That's stuff. That's not what you're going to talk about. Way down on the priority list. Yeah, right? you're going to be talking about, uh, you know, Where can I get some things. food? <laughs> where can I get some, pardon me, where can I get some food? Where can I stay? Yeah. You know, or, hey, are you interested in buying these axes and furs? I would like to buy some of your fireworks. You know, you can have trade discussions, possibly religious discussions, depending on the type of place you land on some person you there. are, and how long you're there, how long you plan on staying there, how well you integrate. Because if you rock up, if Viking rocks up on the fucking uh, a beach in fucking Tokyo, are they going to be, you know, really trying to integrate with Japanese society? Is Japanese feudal society going to want them to integrate with no. them? Although, a Viking, maybe. Probably not, because back then, you know, Japan and that whole area, the idea was anything from outside their borders was a blood-sucking ghost. So, you know, they're going to see it, they're going to kill it. They're not going to be interested in making friends with this Norseman. (laughs) So, um, yeah, this this worldwide tapestry of myths and fables and folklore that all seem to draw on the same sources, which, again, to me, lead, lends credence to the fact that there is there is a nugget of truth yeah. in all yeah. of these ancient yeah. stories, because otherwise... Where is it how, come from? Yeah, how did they keep getting these same stories cropping up in vastly different civilizations in vastly different parts of the world? Have you got more notes on Wendigos? Or uh, I've got, yeah, I've got the, the abilities. All right. Uh, mimicry of human voices. They were they would, like, mimic a loved one or a wounded child or, or woman crying out in pain or a child in a mine shaft or a child in a mine shaft yeah. which is that's not limited to to these <laughs> that's that's hellier that's another one 
Yeah. Um, so they would do that to, to separate their intended victim if they were with a hunting party, for instance, yeah. to draw them off into the woods. Uh, older, more powerful Wendigo, uh, said to have limited mind reading abilities. Uh, certainly enough to find out what your loved one would sound like to then mimic their voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hypnosis, limited hypnosis of victims, like a, like a snake hypnotizing a rabbit sort of thing. Uh, sometimes reported over a distance. So it would hypnotize someone whilst they were in company and this person would then get up and leave company, go out into the, into the snow to then get eaten. Uh, heightened senses, supernatural speed, strength and endurance. Uh, some of the towers, especially of the larger Wendigo, talk about them uprooting trees as they move through the forest. Mm. Uh, near impossible to kill. Mm. Uh, one of the only ways I could find, one, one of the only sort of like verified ways to kill a Wendigo was to use a silver weapon or bullet to shatter the creature's frozen heart, then dismember the corpse, salt it, burn it, and bury the remains of the shattered heart on hallowed ground to stop it coming back because otherwise it would just regenerate and come back and eat you and your friends. I think I did read somewhere yesterday they said like burning the heart. But yeah. That's still more or less within the realms of what you just said. Yeah, the, the heart of the creature, if you didn't destroy that, it would just regenerate and come back. So, as we know in common fiction, shall we say, mm. a werewolf can only be killed by a silver bullet. Yeah. Do you think this is where one of the places that came from? One of the places that came again, yeah. I'm not sure. It's the thing is, when you're talking about myths this old, um, it gets blurred as to whether that's something... Obviously, the bullet idea was introduced later. Later, yeah, but, but just silver, silver dagger. Silver silver has mystical properties throughout history. Yeah. You know, it was used for by in, in witchcraft and rituals and stuff like that. Uh, going way back to, to you know, prehistory, pre-biblical times. Um and silvered weapons and silver being used and used as a defense and weapons against uh, supernatural, supernatural yeah. vampires, werewolves, wendigo, uh, using for protection from ghosts and things like that. Silver has this this link to the earth, which yeah people then use for defense against it. So yeah, mm. again, does that come from? Is that something that's been imported? Or something that has been exported, or something yeah. that, again, is drawn from this central reservoir of, of human experience, where it was a thing that you could use, and it's being extrapolated out to use against these different supernatural beings. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe if I was to get uh, tenured somewhere and they were to sponsor me to re- research this for the next thirty to seventy <coughs> years, really covering that extended yeah. lifespan there. Um, maybe I could get answers but you know Big Daddy Bezos hasn't answered my emails <laughs> all leading universities worldwide it's talk.until at gmail.com at gmail.com um, there are still reports being made to authorities today of Wendigo uh, in the wild places of, of America there's a mental a legit mental health there um, is I have, a, I have a note on that oh, I'll, I'll leave it to you um, but yeah, I just, you know, people often don't realise. I, I, there's a there's a thread I've alluded to before when we've been talking about stuff like this on Reddit. I've got it bookmarked actually. I should probably share it with you two. Um, and it's basically the 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 thing was it's in one of these ask me anything Reddits subreddits, and it was people who spend a lot of time in the wilderness or away from society. What are some of the weirdest stories 
weirdest things you've experienced out there and it's all people like because uh, obviously a lot of America once you get into the, the heartland and further north it is just mountain ranges and forests yeah. where people are incredibly few and far between and it's people that are out there like uh, repairing cell towers or electrical cabling that sort of shit that's run and left and they only go out there to fix it basically when it breaks and there was a lot of people there saying oh I saw this thing and or I went out there and you know, it was a deer skull basically walking around and I could smell like rotting flesh and people are like motherfucker that's a wendigo yeah and shit like that weird weird stuff like that and then you get the stories about the crazy families that have regressed the, the inevitable uh, cave goblins that sort of thing uh, but a lot of people report stuff to the authorities like you know we saw this or this happened um, and when you piece together they, they're just like something was out there but when you know enough of the, the local folklore you can piece together oh that was probably a wendigo or that was this sort of thing but yeah apparently there, there are still reports going through to authorities today in those sorts of areas of wendigo activity but people don't obviously people don't oh I saw a wendigo and that, but others who are like yeah they like describe it and they describe it and then it's not till afterwards yeah. someone says that sounds like a wendigo um, yeah. which is because it isn't crazy. something you hear about obviously no. like in other parts of the world but maybe they do but you know everyone's heard of a vampire everyone's heard of a werewolf but a lot of people a wendigo heard... that's that's something that's only really entered the the public consciousness recently recently, recently. yeah so if you did I didn't know about it until a few years ago yeah it's like if you described something you you know you wouldn't automatically go it must be a wendigo and your imagination puts it together yeah it's more likely that you have seen something you describe it and then someone else tells someone you someone else tells you what it was weirdos like us yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but as you, as you alluded to earlier Wendigo psychosis yeah which is a, a genuine mental state which gets its name from the this uh, traditional supernatural being uh, it's not part of Wendigo folklore or legend obviously but that's where it gets its name from but it's it's a form of mental illness named after the creature it's defined as usually being a culture-bound affliction resulting in the intense craving to devour human flesh even when other food sources are readily available. Yeah. So basically, unneeded cannibalism. Yeah, when someone it kind of sounds to, like something's like possessing you or influencing you to want to yeah, do that. But this is a, this is a genuine diagnosed psychological yeah. condition where people want to eat human flesh even though they could order a pizza. Yeah, they're not doing it out of desperation, which no, is they're, like they're, a lot of the stories. Yeah, it's not like fucking alive where they've crashed in the Alps, <laughs> in the fucking Alps or whatever, and they need to eat they people to stay alive. This is just I really want to eat you, and not in a sexy way. What's my sexy voice? Out of the two, <laughs> this is why I don't get laid. <laughs> I'm trying, desperately trying, trying to keep it moving. Sorry. Um, out of the two, whether it's a spirit or a a physical kind of monster. Yeah. What What is your favourite belief? I like the idea of uh, a, a spirit. Yeah, me too. Taking physical form because that's that's real. I mean, a possessed human being. We all think, oh, I could deal with a possessed human. I've seen Ghostbusters. Yeah. You just got to slime them. Um, <laughs> but the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> um, I can, yeah that's less less scary in a way yeah but the idea of a of a of an unkillable dark spirit lurking out there in the wilderness that can just take physical form 
that's genuinely terrifying. That's yeah. genuinely other. Yeah. That's yeah. totally unknowable. Especially with how fast and yeah, just you can't get away from that shit. I'd love to go out there and, and hunt Wendigo. It would be interesting. I mean, I'd probably die getting eaten by a fucking bear or but a coyote. If, yeah. You'd get out of there. The first time it rained, you'd be like, oh my. Yeah. And then you have to come home. I'd have to come home. Or, or as I said, my my like I said, watching Conan, my toxic trait is that I believe that all, go- all doggos are essentially good doggos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would go walking up to a fucking coyote. A rabid coyote, and I'd be trying to ruffle its ears yeah. and, and play with it, and I'd just get fucking eaten alive. And that would be, have to be my effort. I'd get lost somewhere. You get lost in the fucking car park, love, so... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't take her anywhere. No. Uh, sorry. Uh, should, like, my notes had two, those two documented cases, so the Fiddlers yeah. and then Swift Runner. Um, so my question was, should we discount the two documented cases I talked about and consider the Wendigo as a much older, more ancient spirit or creature? Because they... Uh, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. The cynical part of my brain is just like, <laughs> there's some people there that know of the history, know of the thing, did something fucked up before they could get away with it. I I don't believe that's the case in either of those stories. Okay. They, they believed, they genuinely believed in what they were doing. Whether they were right or wrong in that belief, yeah, whether Joseph's daughter-in-law was actually on the verge of becoming a full-blown Wendigo... I don't know, but they genuinely believed because I think it's difficult for us, and I say us as in talking about like us in this this room right now, because we don't have any cultural religious beliefs that are so deeply ingrained into not just us, but our society at every level. So it's difficult for us to really wrap our heads around the way a lot of these First Nation beliefs work, because to them, it's not like the Jesus stories that are an allegory or something like that these are things that are very much everyday parts of their life because yeah. that that part of their society is still very much you hear about, ingrained you hear about it in cases like um the what was that film that i watched the other day the devil made me do it with that yes. case where he and other people around him believed that he had been possessed by the devil. Yeah. And he killed his mate. And he's, you know, in that sense, it was like the first trial to ever be taken to court where his defence was... I was possessed. I was possessed. I was literally possessed. I had no control over myself. And it's like, he is now out of prison, living his normal life, and he is part of the Warren Museum crew. And they all said before this happened, he was a lovely person. He got possessed because he was trying to protect his little brother who was possessed. And he told, he said, take me instead, I can handle it. And is now not possessed yeah. and is against a lovely guy and he's really traumatised by his experience. But in a situation like that where they were around um, Thingy and Thingy Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's the one. And it was a massive belief and they were religious and all that sort of stuff. You can understand how even if he just had like some sort of mental breakdown and killed his mate or for whatever reason he did it, it was such a big belief that, you know, there were exorcisms, there were demons. And I think even even if they were wrong, so if the Fiddler case and the Swift Runner case, they were misguided. Yeah. That doesn't 
rule out other cases being yeah the belief the belief is there the belief is there and that yeah they believe it this kind of goes back to that conversation we had a couple of months ago about what what is reality if you believe Mm. something's real and then everything in your life like every aspect of your life is lived under fear of it or by rule of it that thing might as well be real yeah right yeah it's real to you isn't it it's real to you and if it's real to like I know it may be in a court of law they'll be like Wendigo yeah but in your head, if the Wendigo is real and you have to kill this poor girl... You're doing it for yeah. the right reasons. You're then, not necessarily... From your perspective, in your reality... And, and that, the, the right reality thing. of those around you as yeah. well. Because don't forget, these aren't, this isn't one guy acting out. Yeah. He had the support... Of his brother, yeah. Of his yeah. brother and arguably the rest of the in tribe. In this situation, yeah. because he, they believed. he was doing the right thing. Yeah, in his like the vampire, the, 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 the vampire stakings yeah. and that in... In New England, yeah. In New England mm-hmm. and in Central Europe. The witch burnings. I mean, the witch burnings, probably mm, a bad example. There was really. a lot of because that was that was that was yeah that was more uh, a political thing. Yeah, there was uh, a lot. A of lot. And each other. There was a certain, certain level of misogyny. Uh, a well. big yeah. level of misogyny. But there, there was a, I say, fairly recent case um, of, it was. I I don't know where, the culture is from. But it's one of these sort of tribal communities. Yes. And they did the exorcism on that girl. And they were literally, like the whole family, there was fucking loads of them in this shack or cabin or whatever. Was that down in South Africa? Possibly. Somewhere in the the African... Somewhere like that, yeah. It was a tribe and they were fully... It was like the the family sort of... tribe they had it was kind of like a maui kind of yeah one of those sort of cultural uh, background people yeah cultural background i don't people. know what the words are <laughs> but they Heritage. have that sort of like yes. yeah that yeah and um they believed that the the daughter was possessed and they decided to perform an exorcism on them and it started off fairly tame you know they were trying to like bring it out yeah. they were trying to shout at, at her to like release this demon and they were they were in there for days like their, their children were locked in one of the bedrooms they couldn't come out they were not eating they weren't drinking they weren't sleeping they were just performing this exorcism for days and days to the, and it reached a point where they drowned her and they could the kind of like the case around it is like they had this this belief but being isolated with other people of the belief the chanting, they were stamping their feet. It becomes. They become, become delu- like delu- yeah, delusion. Yeah, delusion. Group, group delusion. And that's that how point. it got so oh. out of hand because. Phobia due. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like they didn't, when they started off doing it, they would never have thought that it would have reached the oh, point yeah. where she drowned, and they didn't even really realise they were doing it because they, they were so they, they caught kind of, up in that, that moment. It's that mob mentality yeah. and, and it just feeds in on itself in that sort of insular... And the thing is, is they started to believe that her sister was also possessed and started doing the same thing to her and they were trying, they were like turning the shower on and just sort of like holding her under it to, to the point where she did drown and she hadn't eaten or anything. So she was so weak and if she hadn't have died, they probably would have done the same to her sister and killed her. So because she died, they kind of were like, 
what that, the that was fuck what was needed do, to yeah, snap them out what of the it, fuck do. but it was like all the neighbours were reporting like hearing chanting and stamping and water like they were using so much water it was literally pouring out of the the door and mm. ev- everywhere like it was just they literally like in that moment lost their minds yeah and that I suppose that's the thing they feared this demon so much and believed that they, they believed they were doing the right thing to protect yeah. the loved one and they killed her but I think examples like that don't necessarily disprove other cases. No. Just because they did. I mean, it just the girl could have been possessed. It just show, yeah, exactly. It just shows how these things can happen. Yeah. Whether she was possessed or not. Like, from looking at her sort of, like, history and the way she was, I think she'd experienced, like, a breakup or something. Mm. And she was just very depressed. And they saw... That's, that's the their, danger of, of relegating these sorts of beliefs and practices to the fringe. Yeah. Because if if... You know, the fear of possession. If people looked at that, if someone, if you could go to your doctor and say, I'm possessed, and they took it as a serious thing and dealt with it, yeah, 99.9% of the time, it's going to turn out to be, it's a it's a mental affliction. Yeah, that's mm. the thing. If she, if she had gone to a doctor here, because I don't know what medical place is yeah. like there, they would have said, you've experienced a breakup, or you're going through a hard time, you're depressed, let's put you on antidepressants. Let's get you some therapy. And we'll get you and- help. I mean, you'd spend 12 but, years on the waiting list, there, <laughs> but, you know. But that's the, that's the direction that you would be pushed in. Yeah. But with them and their beliefs, she probably didn't even see a doctor. No. Oh, God, and no. as well, you have, like, the, the leader, which was, like, I think, like, her dad or granddad or something like that. So they were following his orders. Yeah. And they believed that he... They trusted him. Yeah. That's so they why had these no sorts of things to need to be brought out, out of the shadows and brought into the mainstream. Pardon me. Brought into the mainstream to be investigated because then... You avoid tragedies like that. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, you not only do you avoid these tragedies and you may be able to dismiss 99.9% of them as other things, other medical, readily explainable things, you then also stand, have the chance of proving, ah, well, this one isn't medical. Yeah. This is something else. This that's, is a spiritual affliction. This is whatever. Yeah. Well, that's and then, why I find it really interesting looking into like Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. And their collection of everything, sort of... When we get that Joe Rogan money, I'm buying yeah. that museum. Well, I really want to go there. And the family that... Like, their family and friends and stuff, they still own it because they don't want it to end up in the hands of someone else because they're like, we know how to deal with someone it. Someone like me! Yeah, can you imagine? It wouldn't. It'd end up with, like, Zach Baggins <laughs> or and, and the Newkirks. Yeah. People like that would... would or private... These, private weirdo collectors who have got loads of money but I like team the Newkirk. fact that I like huh? the fact that they like I support team Newkirk yeah. oh I'm hashtag team Newkirk all the way man. Yeah. but I like the fact that they did take <clears throat> evidence they kept it they they were like well we don't want to get rid of it because one it could end up in god knows whose hands but mm. we want to prove that these are real and they're like all the, their collection are, are from different cultures different like witches, cursed items, demons, vampires, everything. And I love the fact that they recorded so much mm. because you can look at the history of these items that we would never have even heard of because it's not something that would be available to us no. in yeah. our culture. Finally, before we get out of it, because I do really need to get out of it. You do. Um, Wendigos, real or fake? I think they're real. I think they're real. 
I'm going real too. Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. Remember, human flesh is not for the barbecue people. It's only for really serious situations. Put it in the air fryer.